This is Corn Stars, part of the Herpetoculture Network, with your hosts Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics and Chris Painshap of Badlands Herpetoculture. Enjoy! Oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> I found a YouTube channel oh, that wow. is a bunch of like, shut <laughs> up, <laughs> <you> bitch. <laughs> what is it? So you know how there's like, I have my, <clears throat> my like half belief in ghosts and like paranormal stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I don't know if they're real, but I kind of don't want to find out, but I kind of do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm not going to bring a Ouija board home. Sure. But if I saw one in the middle of, like, a, you know, a Target parking lot or something at, at midnight in the full moon, like, I might be inclined to, to investigate. Yeah. I might be yeah. inclined to open that, that door. Yeah, a little, little <clears throat> paranormal investigation, right? Just well, I found a I found a YouTube channel that basically shows a bunch of like paranormal videos that people catch of like their kids doing creepy shit and like all kinds of stuff. So I've been glued to that nice. as of lately. You want to give just, him a shout out? I had to tell someone. I don't. I don't even remember the name of the channel. I just, uh, it's actually Ryan's Big Adventure. If anybody wants to check it out, my kid also enjoys that one. Definitely, kids doing weird shit. Uh, it's uh, it's rated G for everybody. It's so, yeah. bizarre, bub. Bizarre, but dude's got like he's getting like millions of views on each video, but nice. stuff's actually pretty creepy, man. Like zero venomous snake handling too, which is just great. yep, yep. <laughs> I'm in. Sign I, uh, me I've up. Seen, I've seen two ghosts in my life, and I know like for sure they were ghosts, and so I just how do you know for sure? Well, because there definitely wasn't a guy walking through our house in the morning while I was eating my cereal when it was just me and my mom sitting at the table. So you don't know that for sure, though. I am fully confident. He was wearing all black. It scared the shit out of me. I started crying. My mom went like chasing after him, like smashing open windows and stuff. It was red. Then she beat me for crying, everybody. <laughs> what are you crying for? He's gone. He's gone. He walked through the window. Stop crying. He's not coming back. Walls are made of lead. They I can't, you know, they can't penetrate lead. I like to believe in things until you can't prove me wrong. Right? That's... Yeah, I don't. That's the thing is, like, I've never actually seen anything that would remotely make me think that there was like the paranormal stuff was real. But there are some places where I walk in and maybe it's because I'm like a like a medium or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can feel. Oh, yeah, I can. I can feel something is there. It's in your chakra. I I got that. Uh, You know, you know, they're not sometimes they're not in line. I keep crystals on me, and when I when we first met, when we pocket, embraced, pocket uh, full of them. I, That's what that was. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. It, I knew okay. immediately then and there. Uh, I felt it too. It was radiating. Were, yeah, I, I knew that we were a similar way, and I knew that you were uh, some my, type of medium. My crystal Geiger counter in my brain mm-hmm. was just going absolutely nuts. Like, Y'all are describing just, half of my neighborhood right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you everybody for tuning in to Corn We Stars. shared shared our chakras and shared Great. our crystals. 
uh, if I remember correctly, we shockered hard as hell. You know what I mean, brother? No. Nope. Yeah. They, it was, uh, if they were great. in line, they're not anymore. Mm. Knocked them loose, I like to think. Knocked them loose, right? Great band. Great band. I love Knocked Loose. That's one of my favorite bands. Mm. Completely unrelated, again, to Paranormal and all that stuff. Welcome. It doesn't matter. It's it's Thursday, and this is Cornstars episode 17, uh, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. You need to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. You need to go on their website. You need to add something to your cart, and then you need to type in the letters THN at checkout and save yourself some money. Get a little bit shaved off. It's it, shipping's expensive. No matter who you buy through, it doesn't matter. This is a little bit right off the top. Just for you, for listening to this show and the other many shows of the Herpeticulture Network. Uh, and then, I guess you can wait a little while, but soon, if you go to SonicoReptiles.com, his for sale page is about to be ridiculous. Because who else has had a better... <laughs> Breeding, I'm not breeding season. Yeah. Fucking uh, worst break ever. I can't crazy. wait till he starts getting his double clutches. <laughs> it's hilarious because it's like his biggest year. And he was like, I'm not even going to pair anything. It's not going to yeah. be that. I'm not going to do anything crazy. And it's like, well, this one laid a clutch. And then this one laid a clutch. And then this one laid a clutch. And I didn't even know that one was gravid, but this one laid a clutch. He's got stuff crazy. literally already hatching. And it's like, and, it, and he's not hatching out like, oh, those are cool snakes. He's like, oh, here's a here's a caramel shatter possible diffused. I'm yeah. not entirely sure. Here's a six hundred dollar snake. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know the snakes. Yeah, I'm not, who knows? What a what a, so, what a great person for in such the, an odd circumstance to happen to. It couldn't couldn't be a better person. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, in the meantime, go follow Silent Hill Reptiles on Instagram and Facebook as well, because. Um, He's going to have some snakes to move here. So. <laughs> so oh, and then the shameless plug, Fulvius Apparel. Check it out. Yeah. FulviusApparel.com. Uh, added about five new designs to the website last night. Still got a handful more to go. Got an endless amount to either start or finish doing. Um, I'm wearing my hat. Got a lot of compliments on it today. Yep, yep. I, I really, really enjoy the, the 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 wear. I wore my Morelia shirt this past weekend. So and your, your local government was like, "What is that?" I got, shot, I got shot at. It was it was cool. <laughs> oh, what's what's new over there in Corpus? Oh man, you know we're we're back to our our Corpus. warm spring weather. Uh, a little little tepid, ninety three degrees today. A uh, couple clouds, so it's you know at least a little a little cooler of a day. Um, things are good, man. Uh, I got some some fun clutches uh, on the on the Gatata side of things. I got I got my uh, McMullen uh, Thorn Scrub female that was paired to that wild caught aberrant uh, boy. I got a clutch from them, and I was very very lucky to get my uh, Pitchophis vertebralis eggs. Uh, you know this year, oh, yeah. uh, long long time coming five perfect eggs uh mom looks literally perfect she looks like she didn't lay any eggs and they are massive eggs so uh she ate for me immediately last night so and last sunday actually um and, and so super excited for that i really was shooting for 13 14 clutches this year uh and by my math 
uh, with what's still Gravid. Uh, it's going to be 21 clutches. Um, so that's super cool. I'm really stressed because uh, I know I know that that's way more babies than I was planning. Um, but you know what? It, it's going to be all right. Uh, I think this year. If we're only get... you had people to send babies to. I know. It's so funny. All my friends and all my group chats, I'm always just like, hey, just let me know when stuff comes out, what you want. And I'll just ship it. It's no problem. Uh, I may actually do a morph market or something this year. I actually try to sell some of them. I, 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 I stray away from that. Uh, sometimes just because it's a little bit of a headache and not too much in it for trying to get a little financial back. But this year we might have to recoup some, probably going to be, probably going to be a thousand pink a year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, you know, we like to get three or four meals in them. If I've got 200 babies, uh, you get up there pretty quick. Uh, some of them, you know, especially yeah. the Lampropelta stuff won't eat. Uh, so you're kind of wasting pinkies for a while. Uh, but no, it's good. Uh, Chinese beauty should be hatching literally any day. Uh, Tomorrow, they'll be day 65. Last year, they hatched on day 66, so I'm ready. Those things are a blast. Five perfect eggs. Um, they're just an exciting species when they come out. They eat really easily. Uh, I had Out of my four last year, I had one that didn't eat, but it finally caught on. Uh, super cool critters. Uh, but what about you, Justin? Uh, nothing, really. I'm about a month in on... The Ghost Tessera Pied Blood Red Clutch. Um, yeah, I just got stuff cooking. I got Baird's eggs in the incubator. Um, nothing, nothing too wild. Just kind of waiting now for stuff to start start hatching here in the next four weeks or so. How's that Jansen eye egg looking? It's still rocking and rolling. I need to candle it again. I haven't done that yet. I've been kind of leaving, it, leaving it, it be. It's yeah. Well, like with the way that my the the shelf is in my incubator, it has like a, uh, I don't know, like a support cross section that goes across, and it's right in the middle of that shelf. So, like, if I sit the eggs on it, depending on how far, like one way or the other, it like will slightly be canted. And so I'm like really worried that I'm going to open the lid to look and check and like that little bit of movement is going to cause it to like roll towards the front of the tub. And so I'm, I need to I need to put something in there to keep it from like a little a straw or something just to hold it in place. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so far it seems fine. I, I, I have a I pretty much put stuff in the incubator and then forget it exists for however many days and. I'll periodically go in there and open the door and sort of air, you know, let some air in and circulate things a little bit. But for the most part, I just pretend it's pretend it's not there. Yeah, it's kind of a it's a good way to do it. I, I have a little card index card that I put all my dates for, uh, you know, this is when they lay. This is when my 45 day because I do the, the air holes at 45 days. And then this is like their expected hatch date. And then I'll, you know, around those days, start keeping an eye on them. Uh, yeah, I mean, once they pip, like I'll take out the whole box and I'll just set yeah. that on the on the shelf um, in the snake room, and I'll put my little my my wise camera right on it, so I can just watch. You know, I'll be at work and I'll just check in, see what's coming out, and it's the cool. closest thing I can get to just cutting open the eggs and ripping the babies out <laughs> while they're still attached and everything. Which is which is hard to not want to do, but yeah, we don't do that. Don't uh, don't that. I mean, as fun as it would be. You know what I mean? Just just rip it out. You know, it's, it's hard to wait that extra, like, 
six to 14 hours. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's difficult for some people. They just, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just got to get that, that hook in there and just pop that sucker out because Such if you, if you have to wait those couple hours, then you're just not going to know what's in there. Yeah. What's what the fun a, in that? What if it's a world 20,736 snow, right? You, hey, you, you, what, you there's only one out. way to find out, buddy. There's only one way to find out. Yeah, my first clutch of corns, I think, is two to three weeks out. And that'll be uh, AML Motley, uh, unknown heads, first time breaker for me, uh, to an Ultra Mel Motley Tessera. Uh, so regardless of anything, I'm going to get uh, AML Motleys and Ultra Mel Motleys, which are like just simply some of my favorites. Uh, also, AML and Ultra Mel Motley Tesseras, kind of like that perfect super stripe looking thing with no batter mm-hmm. on the sides. It's a real sharp snake, uh, so so that that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be exciting. You Males got a bunch head, of pewter stuff coming too, right? Uh, yeah, I've got two clutches of possible pewters. Uh, so I ha- well, not possibles. One should have some pewters. I have a tessera charcoal het blood red uh, to a pewter female, uh, and then I have a same male tessera charcoal het blood red to a pied blood red het charcoal uh, female that produce some Ooh. of the pewters. I think you have one of the pewters from them last I do. year, right? And yes. one of the blood reds. Dude, those blood reds are badass. Dude, that blood red is A, turning into a little food demon. Yeah. Which I'm curious as to, I have some snakes that are, like some corn specifically, that are absolute crackheads when it comes to food. And they're just yeah. like freaking out anytime something moves by. And then I have some that's like from the same, that's the same age that isn't like that at all. And I'm yeah. just wondering like what... <laughs> what dictates that you know like that little amel that bonehead amel that you sent me <laughs> that's such that a cool snake. snake will come out of the tub at me like doesn't care what it is if it moves she's yeah. going for it like full full bore not like half assing yeah. it like straight up she's gone out and onto the floor multiple times like it's 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 ridiculous and it's like no matter how much i feed her yeah it's the hunger's constant. It's like, do you have a tapeworm? Like, is there something she's, wrong? She's a cool. She's at that super mask AML. Yeah. That sun kiss. Yeah. And dude, she's got that split on her spine mm-hmm. where the pattern is like a straight yeah. line. And the pattern just shifts. Shifts. It's super weird. She's a, she's a demon though. She was a she, demon. Dude, oh God. God. I, I have clutches like that though. You know, I have a couple clutches that are just like kind of lazy feeders. And then I have some that are just like spring out of the tub. Get you. Um, and I've got one caramel, uh, caramel Miami last year. I guess a granddaughter of Hannibal, kind of fun. Um, that will only take pinkies off of tongs. She won't take a frozen thaw pinky set in her tub. She won't eat a live pinky. There's nothing you could do about it. But if you tap her on the nose, she takes the pinky every time. So, oh, stupid. Whatever. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. For a while, I thought maybe it was just an age thing. You know, it's like, hey, they get into this like growth spurt phase where. You know, they're they're sort of transitioning from fuzzies onto something a little bigger. Yeah. And they're just it's a growth spurt, you know, with the hormones or something, and they're just starving teenagers. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um yearlings, I guess, is probably a better word for it. But those those I, I don't also... get it, man, because I've got a couple that are that are completely untrustworthy, and then I've got some that are like, Yeah, whatever, I guess I'll eat. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh those pewters are also het pied. Because um, the mom is pied, uh, so if you took that, I think you have a blood red male and a pewter female, pair those together. 
you should get some amount of pies. I think that blood red tester is female because I have that charcoal tessera. That's right. It was charcoal tessera. I think you have a charcoal male and then a pewter. It's a charcoal. It's a male for sure. I just don't remember if he's a tessera or a stripe. I think he's a tessera. I forget. Maybe he's a tessera stripe. No. Because I don't have stripe stuff. That snake is smoking. Like, that was one that I was, like, on the fence about keeping. But I was like, you know what? He's so nice and clean as far as, like, the contrast and stuff. Yeah. Like and he's it is staying, and Yeah, and that thing just keeps. Yeah, he's, he's going to be charcoal, oh. charcoal tester. And then he's, he's going to look just like his dad. And his dad is such a badass. Mr. Gray uh, is such a badass snake. Uh, he's one of the ones that comes out when people mm-hmm. people come over. I'm just like, this one, this one's neat. Look at this gray and white thing. Um, but awesome. Let's, let's introduce our guest today. We're, we're, we're sitting here rambling on a bunch. I think Justin just cut so out. He just freeze. Yeah, he just froze. Good. Oh my God. He's still recording. Well, today, Am as I frozen? Guest, oh, Justin, can you talk? Are we here? We'll edit this out in post. Yeah. Well, today's guest is Joe Rosa, and <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're still recording, but hopefully we are. I uh, hope so. That was great. That was hilarious. <laughs> awesome. Well, Joe, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us, tell us a little bit of who you are. All right. So, yeah, I'm Joe Rosa. I've uh, sort of been friends with these guys for a little while, just through the internet, but I've been keeping snakes Reptiles in general, since I was probably second or third grade. Joe, let's take a little break because I'm almost yeah. for sure it's not recording. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> now that Justin's gone, I wonder if this will get edited out. If not, we'll just sit and stare at each other's eyes. Yeah, finally. <sighs> oh my god, this is hilarious! I'm drinking the last beer that, uh, of the beers that you sent. This is uh, the Supplication. Little, awesome. Uh, How is it? It's an ale aged in Pinot Noir barrels with cherries. It is absolutely fucking delightful. It's nice. exactly what I needed after a long string of very tough weeks uh, wrapping up a turnaround. They're supposed to be firing up on Friday, so God, I hope that's the case and we can sleep a little bit. But we're on on, on call till Monday, so kind of taking it easy and never know when you're going to get a call and you got to save the world, but that's that's part of what we do. Um, straight to X-Men talk, right? Like, fuck Justin, oh, he's gone. Okay. Because if so, that doesn't get recorded, it's not that That one work. is, the kid calls him Wally, but his name is okay. Walt, after Walt Simonson. Okay. That one's Claremont. Uh, that one up there is Faye, after Fabian Nicieza. Okay. We used to have Louise, for Louise Simonson, who was, you know, one of the co-creators of Apocalypse and Cable and all of that shit. Um, yeah, X-Men is, like, deep, deep in my blood forever. I, I love X-Men. At some point, you got to remind me to take a picture. I have a, a neat Mondo uh, custom artwork uh, poster of uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, it's huge. It's a big, massive, and it's like a really nice art print. And it's like a circus uh, ad, right? Oh, nice. Uh, I'm a huge really Nightcrawler cool. fan. Uh, even some of the new stuff, some of the new Nightcrawler stories that came out with, uh, gosh, the Age of Extinction or whatever it was. I forget. Where they kind of moved to their own little island and oh um oh my god it's the current thing right now and I just mm-hmm. forgot about it Krakoa Krakoa they're, yeah it's been going Krakoa. for like a year maybe yeah. a year and a half uh, it was kind of their this generation's reboot 
uh, yes. where, it's Ma- where it's Magneto and he's kind of like the leader of the one group, and but they're still good guys, but they're also bad guys. But even mm-hmm. the good guys are bad guys now. Uh, interesting storyline. I love the art. Some of the art is just amazing now. Kate Pride is a pirate captain. It's the yeah. best thing ever. It's, it's, a, it's pretty I badass. I love it. What I, I, is you, a Cape, Cape pirate? Are you? Are we back? Have we been recording this whole time? Yeah. Oh well, we <laughs> just talked a lot about X Men. <laughs> that was my restart my modem. But yeah, Chris Claremont, dude, just what is that? X Men ninety four into like one eighty something. Just oh my god, it's all just great. A huge run. All of it's great. His narration, like the angry Claremontian narrator, is in my head forever, calling me an idiot whenever I do something dumb in his yeah. comic writer voice. Yeah, dude, and, and, and like the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga are easily one of the best stories ever told in yeah. in, 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 in in writing, right? Yeah. And then they never really got translated well. Of course, the the animated series did a pretty good job of it, uh, but all the movies have kind of sucked. Oh, uh, it's trash when the movies do it. I'd, I'd love to see that, like in our new Marvel universe, right? Give us, give us 10 years of that. Yeah. But it's the buildup, dude. It takes a long time. It, it, you know, there's, there's a lot involved in getting there. Anyways, I digress. We will Toby go Maguire to was the best Spider-Man. Uh, Toby Maguire was a good Spider-Man, but I think Andrew Garfield is the best. No, Spider-Man. no. Toby Maguire. He was it, man. Joe, what do you think? That's real tough. Cause I really did love Toby Maguire, but that new kid, like, Tom Holland, dude. Tom Holland he's made too, me. He's, he's too too young. I don't know. Like he is pretty young, but then I also you know, like, Tobey Maguire fit like back. the high schooler thing well, right? Like that you know, it, it made sense. Yeah, and just you remember that really old movie, and he was talking about Star Wars, and I'm well Empire, and I'm just dying because it's a little kid being a little kid, and it reminded me of my little brother and how yeah. old I am. Tom Holland fits the kind of narrative of the uh, um, Ultimate Spider Spider Man line. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that, uh, Michael? Miles Morales. No, no, no. Uh, the author. Uh, Brian oh, Michael Brian Bendis. Michael Bendis. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, God, he wrote just a song, and then it trans- transferred over to Miles Morales' uh, books. And oh my God, that's one of the best Spider Man stories yeah. ever. It's just so good. He's a uh, super nice guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got. Anyways, I, I have gotten very involved in comic books, and uh, I, I have a little collection, and I, I love it too. I just love the stories. I've gone to digital now; it's just easier for me to read. Yep. Uh, anyways, we were introducing Joe, okay. yeah. uh, Joe Rosa, uh, and he was going to tell us a little bit about himself. We we took a little pause from that because we didn't know if we were recording or not. So everybody listening, uh, that was yeah, our sorry. little nerd rant. Yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> it was a technical difficulty, but gosh, maybe it was a, maybe it was a. Uh, you know, not a technical difficulty. Was that was Nerd Rank 1. To, just little, wait. I, we there have will be more. Shit to go over, too. There will be more. All right, yeah. Joe. Well, All uh, right. G- g- give us your story and tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I started with Reptiles Young. Whatever second, third grade is. I don't know how old I was. And, um, you know, me and Mom would go out and catch lizards out in the backyard. I had a frog that lived in a fish tank. No idea what it was because I was tiny. Eventually, I had a uh, just a house gecko. My uncle brought over a house gecko and nice. a little, you know, a ten-gallon hexagon fish tank set up pretty nice. He told me how to take care of it, and he was a huge, exotic animal guy. Had shit tons of macaws. He had a wolf at one point. 
Nile monitors, um, his rattlesnake that he caught as a baby just died after over 20 years. Oh, wow. Last year. Um, but then in the 80s, he was breeding corn snakes and a few other things, but he gave me my first corn snake. And uh, that thing, something just clicked in my head. I was like, oh, I've been catching weird bugs and shit outside this whole time. But never mind any of that. This is, this makes sense in the brain. I kept that one snake for 15 years or something. And then at some point, high school hit and started to be a little degenerate shitbag. It's time to go and party with girls. I know, you know, this guy needs to go to somebody who's actually going to be paying attention to it, taking care of it. And so I gave it to one of my mom's coworkers where he lived the rest of his life. And I was out of the hobby for people. Didn't know the hobby existed to begin with. I thought me and my uncle were the only people that kept snakes. <laughs> I had no idea that this existed. And that occasionally you'd see a lizard or something in one of the pet stores near here. And uh, I never saw corn snakes. Ever. And then finally I saw an email corn snake. Holy shit, my uncle had one of those. Did you get it from him? Like, <laughs> That's no. awesome. And... Um, you know, like a ball python at that point. So I'm still, you know, early 90s here. Ball pythons didn't exist. I had yeah. no idea that they were around. Um, some geckos, eventually I saw a leopard gecko for the first time. And it was back when, like, the only morph you could find was high yellow. Mm -hmm. And they were still all, like, spindly and scary looking. I fucking love those things. Um, but yeah, I was out for a really long time. And one day one of my housemates brought home a leopard gecko. And I had subscribed to Reptile Magazine because I missed them and I was just freaking up. And we went to an IRBC Reptile Show, International Reptile Breeders something or other, and uh, IRBA, Breeders Association. I guess. And, oh, okay. I don't think they're around anymore, but they used to do shows about an hour from here. I'm sure they did other things with International was in their name. But that's when I discovered, like, holy shit, this is a whole thing. There's people with all of these animals that I've been seeing. And um, I met this woman. She had a site called Golden Gate Geckos. She was doing leopard geckos, and they were incredible. Nothing I could afford at the time, because I was just going to look around. Saw a crested gecko. And guy told me, yeah, it's, um, you know, wild-caught parents but it was hatched in captivity. I have no idea how much truth there is in that because I have no idea who the dude was. I took that crested gecko home and then I went and saw this fucking massive table, four, five, six tables right in the center of the show. And there were some leopard geckos. I'm like, cool, that one's a blizzard. That thing looks super cool. I want that and I want this. How do I take care of it? Because I knew nothing about him. And... These people gave me a, a quick 101 on how to do it. So I almost immediately killed them both when I got oh. home. Because um, I don't know if you've ever taken um, care advice from Triple L. But <laughs> it's, like, it's not the best thing in the world. That's a tough one. So, yeah, that didn't work out. The Crested Gecko lived for considerably longer. And I got a little bit more into it again. Got Corn Snakes again. Because now, like what the fuck there's more than two morphs yeah like what is this orange thing and oh my god and that one's 
just straight up black and white and there's all these other things so i got a few more corns got an axolotl during the like two weeks that they were legal in california <laughs> that thing was awesome um yeah had a few other things and then through you know um a pretty big breakup and moving around and all this stuff the axolotl went to one of the local pet shops where it was like the people were a little batshit crazy but they had some like the dude had a blue ring octopus so here take the axolotl you fucking weirdo and uh you maniac yeah, I, I got out for a while and then eventually you know me and my partner had been together for a little while i was sitting there oh i know exactly what got me back in i got bored and i missed snakes and i was super into podcasts so i started looking up reptile podcasts and i just did a search on the itunes search for um corn snakes and it came up with corn on the pod so i listened to all that and then from there i found phelan and i listened to whatever backlog there was there because it was still pretty early not long after that smitty was on it and so then i jumped ship over there and immediately caught up so whenever you were on uh from the ground up is when i started listening to you guys eventually yeah yeah it's it's been a while that got me through some pretty shitty work time honestly and um at this point now i've got one corn snake again we're just taking it we've got a cat we've got the corn snake we've got the kid that's enough pets for now and uh eventually i start on mpr and there's a shit ton of backlog the first current episode that i listened to the day it came out um Cusco and someone else were on just at the beginning talking about uh Southwest Carpet Fest. They said where it was, what day it was. I'm like, that's three hours from my house. It's a bunch of reptile nerds. I didn't know this shit existed. Apparently, there's this whole community. I need to go and check this shit out. So me and my partner went over to uh Southwest Carpet Fest 2018, 20 yeah, 2018. No, mm -hmm. 2019. And, uh, you know, I met Brian, I met Travis Johnson from uh, Living Legless and a few other people. And that got me super into it. Somehow it tricked me into buying a ball python the next time I went to a show. And I still have him and he's fine, but like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> uh, but then it, I realized like, I'm an adult, pretty good job. I have space in my house. And I actually understand how this works because I've just been, it's been in my brain this whole time. I've been reading these books this whole time. And there's this community now where you can kind of pick out the people on like Facebook groups and forums and things that are not just dumb as bricks or not just straight up bricks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you find cool people. And uh, I ended up getting a couple snakes from Phelan later on when uh when smitty got the uh the ladies island corn that was, oh shit so much dog hang on stop <laughs> shaking the thing Ugh, um <clears throat> somebody doing just locality so i can have normals again and not worry about what's in and i can still yep. be messing around there were only three or four morphs that i wanted to work with and i some of them i got ingredients for it that i wanted to play other things, I just got it straight up. My partner had a really, actually the first snake we got was my partner. 
and uh, some little AML corn snake that I was convinced was uh, an anery. And I proved that out last year when I had a couple snows with some, you know, I knew the male was head. But yeah, just sort of sucked it right back in. Pile of corn, way too many printed geckos. I'd always wanted to breed them, and then I don't at all. <laughs> Crested geckos are amazing, amazing animals. But once you start breeding them, and they don't stop, right? You're just like, oh, now I have two. Oh, that's four. Oh, that's six. Oh, that's eight. And then you get a 12, 16, and then they just keep going. It becomes mm-hmm. a stressor real, real, real fast. Isn't it that? The fucking one up there. She hatched in my hand. That's and awesome. Directly into her cage. Yeah. And then later on, we had some crazy power out. All the plants died. Oh. Or at least got real close. So I took her out so I could regrow the plants in there because I do a lot of plant in cages. And, uh, while she was out, I found two babies in there. <laughs> like, even when I decide not to, little partho bastards. You don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. it's going to make more. Uh, one thing you kind of talked about, uh, once you kind of meet the community, once you start finding people that are into that same kind of interest as you, it really opens it up to so many possibilities, right? Like, we, we're so lucky to have people that are interested in the same thing. We can rely on if we have questions. We can rely on if we have experiences we want to share. And it really does become a neat thing. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. Even it's just been really cool. 900 podcasts, a few of them have fallen off. I, I still miss Reptile and Chill. I don't know what the fuck those guys did. But, <laughs> um, you know, a few of the other ones are still around. But after listening to a little while, I'm not going to. I'm going to try and not fuck shit unless it's funny and it's about someone I'm still friends with. But. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of, sorry, Jake, uh, I know you wanted somebody to go road through with you, but... He'll be fine. <laughs> he's going to be all right. It's going to be like a nine corn snake night. Right. Yeah, he's going to send me all kinds of pictures. I told him, I was like, if you find something small, bring it back. Like, grab it. Yeah. Oh, he already told me I got first dibs. So no, he already <laughs> told me that Montrose got first dibs. I was like, look, like, Montrose Montrose can't get everything. <laughs> no, just shout rude. out to Jake's Montrose. What a great guy and he deserves to be getting fun he was just so let me side note about montrose okay he was just at my house last weekend because he was in town him and jake went to go you know herp and stuff like that and do their thing and he wanted to see the jansen eye so we came over with jake and uh of all the with this this show in particular you guys know how much i talk about castania and how much i love it and everything oh yeah it got to the point Several episodes back, where Montrose was like, "Okay, what's the, like, what's the deal with these things?" He's like, "I don't get it." He's like, "It doesn't look like anything. It just looks like a faded out normal." And I was like, "No, man, you don't, you don't get it. There's more." And so I was like, "Okay." And so then he came over, and I showed him like all the ones I have from Eric, that Mandarin female, oh. the adults I have, and he was like, oh, "Okay." He's like. He's like, I kind of get it now. He's like, I still don't. He's like, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. You know, as far as it being a, I I don't know, and if you mean like in terms of like legitimacy or or whatever. But he's like, I could go to Florida and find you something that looked just like that. And I was like, well, that'd be that'd be cool. Do it. That would be delightful. Um, Are those? Is that like the pink corns where you don't get it unless you see them in person? 
I think so. I, I you know, Castagna, there are you can take pictures of Castagna and it looks great. Uh, the babies kind of look a little funky. Uh, they're not as kind of spectacular well, I, as adults. Yeah, I told them as babies, they're they look like anneries, like they are black and gray as babies, like they are nothing yeah. spectacular. If you saw those, you you probably couldn't pick them out of a lineup if you had those mixed in with anneries. Yeah, it wouldn't be until you got that first shed that then you would say, oh, clearly that's yeah, that's Castagna, that's anery, whatever. So, but that that morph in person as an adult is amazing, and then that morph combined with other morphs is is just crazy. I'm with you on the pink thing. Dude, I can't take a picture of my pink snakes to save my life, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to edit them correctly to where it doesn't look like I have pink hands, though I pretty much have pink hands. But but it, even with my blue gloves on, I don't know. They just never look right. And people take pictures, you know, uh, 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 I, I just got a, my, my, my brain. Uh, Jeff uh, Bong uh, sent me a, a, a coral, uh, a super salmon snow, uh, female Tessera that I actually bred this year, got perfect eggs from, and I bred her to a coral snow uh, strawberry uh, boy. And uh, he sent me a picture of that snake, and, and I straight up was like, there is no way that this snake is that pink, right? It's, it doesn't look like that. False. Right. And I got the snake in my fucking hands, and I was like, it's somehow pinker, right? It was like, like he snake. was opening the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. He was just being yeah. blinded by it. I looked at it and I was like, there's just, there's no way an animal looks like this. The, the yellow is straight up green. Uh, it's such a wild looking snake. So I'm, I, I mean, obviously I'm excited about it. I'm ranting on it, but yeah, some, some corn snakes in particular, you just can't take pictures of that represent what they really are in person. Yeah. I think it's, it's partially lighting. Like that's a big thing. Like I'm at a point now where if I'm taking pictures of stuff to post, like it's outside. Yeah, usually yeah, like early in the morning that. before I go to work. So like the lighting isn't crazy. Like it's, it just works out really well. And then I think our phones, like the, the cameras and stuff, just as far as capabilities and like what it's picking up, maybe there's some stuff that it just struggles with and pink with those sort of off whites is probably where it struggles a little bit in terms of like deciphering what's supposed to be what, you know, I think there's, there's definitely something there. Um, with those because i know exactly what you're talking about like seeing the stuff that uh abbott had on his table at daytona oh god and then seeing other people who'd got stuff from him and then them posting the pictures it's like you can definitely get an idea but it's it's you just don't get the definition for some reason yeah. i don't i don't know it just doesn't fully translate yeah like i have to believe you guys because i've never seen them in person you gotta come to but- come to daytona I know I need to so bad. I wanted to this year. I don't know that I'm going to be able to. I might have to make an emergency uh, funeral visit to Virginia at some point this summer. Well, that's not exciting. So I kind of had to put some, like, summer fun extra thing. I want to go to Virginia anyway. I've got a bunch of family, and hopefully I'll get a couple days. I can come down to uh, What part of Virginia? Roanoke. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I'm You know, it would be... It's a few hours out from you. I think it's not too far. Is it? Norfolk is like eight hours. Okay. Yeah. We, I lived in I lived in Chesapeake for for a while. Okay. So. Yeah, I think I've still got some cousins there. But yeah, I wanted to do Daytona. Jesus Christ, that one smelled <laughs> horrible. Um, I I need Daytona real bad. I'm thinking, you know, I might be able to make Finley in October. My brother lives in Chicago now, so I've got a place to stay. 
Nice. But, you know, I need that Katibo real bad. It's fun. It's I super fun. Fully, I really think Daytona has become like, and I don't know, maybe it's, it's, I guess it's hard for me to say this, not having really gone to other bigger shows, but I, I do firmly believe that Daytona has become probably one of the best corn shows if you're looking for corns. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got to be, right? It beats everything. At here. least the last couple of years. Yeah. It, it's kind of the Colubrid show, right? You, you, you hear about the other shows, and uh, there's just nothing even close Colubrid-wise uh, as, as what you have there. But it's also kind of the party show, it sounds like. It's the one where everybody's, like, there to hang out, hang right. out, visit, meet yeah. people. I've heard Tinley's much more business. Yeah. It's like, if, if it was, if they were mullets... Tinley would be the, the business in the front, Daytona's party in the back. Right. <laughs> that oh, makes a lot of man. sense. Good old yeah, you guys talking about the corns, like Abbott's Table. Fuck you, oh, really? Yeah. Abbott's Table or like Trumbauer in person, things like that. Sherman, yeah, dude. And we've Tony got, D. Just go um, up to Tony D, shake his hand, and, and grab, a, grab a couple buckskins. That's ridiculous to me. I don't think you're going to go to a show and see sort of the founding fathers of Trumbauer, Tony D, Howie Sherman, Lee Abbott, all in one place like you yeah. do at Daytona. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy to me because I see almost every show I go to now, I'll run into Carol Huddleston. I'll talk to her. She's great. I love her stuff. She works with a lot of stuff that I can I can love it on her table. It's not necessarily for me. Yeah. But, um, and I missed, I missed meeting uh, Kathy Love by like hours when I was in Arizona. Oh. And we're like, oh, Maybe I should look up where she actually lives and send her a message. Oh, she lives fucking 20 minutes from where I'm staying. Nice. But she just got home from a camping trip, didn't want to hang out till the next day, and we were leaving. I'm like, all right, never mind. Damn. Next time. And all she had left to sell was Ultimelts, and you guys are whatever, Ultimelts. But, <laughs> uh, Ultimelts are great. They're fine for you. It's another one I haven't seen in person. It's oh, no, growing shit. on me a one. lot. I had yeah. a baby. Ultramel and I, yeah, think Ultramels have a, a, a very neat uh, ambiance to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, they have uh, it, it almost like sharpens a lot of the reds and oranges and then right. softens those blacks to grays. It, it, and in a lot of instances, the whites get a little sharper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you mix it into a lot of morphs and it just kind of looks neat. I think there's a couple morphs it doesn't necessarily work with, uh, but a lot it does. Uh, right. it, it's also personal taste. Like, what is the thing that you enjoy the most in corn snakes? Is it contrast? Because Ultramel kind of gets rid of some of that contrast. You get mm-hmm. a lot more of the bleeding. You get a lot more of the saturation. Uh, whereas you might get more contrast out of, uh, you know, even like the stock standard anners, right? Which I think is just a great. I'll, I'll never get over a snow corn snake. Uh, but, right. but just an and anery corn snake uh, and then line bread anery corn snakes are so damn cool looking charcoal is one of the ones i work with that i just am lo- in love with that's uh, I, charcoal is like that's in my blood charcoal the, the world man well why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your corn collection looks like so i've got the the one we started with again was the aml because as a kid like that was such a that was a fucking fantasy yeah like and yeah, i love it really it. was yeah and so i got that um and then i'm trying to think where we went after that Oh, and then my next big thing was I loved blood reds, like old school blood reds, mm-hmm. dark, like looked like actual blood, blood reds forever. 
so I started looking for those, and I found out, like, what the fuck, wide side blood red? What the shit is going on? <laughs> right. And so I've got um, a few hide side blood reds, which that was the, like, just such a kick in the teeth this year when, like, my crown female was like, oh, that's an awfully thick tail, and I forgot to probe you. So that's probably a male that didn't work out, but I had a couple other ones. Hopefully they went. Um, and then after that, I still have a fire head caramel that I got from Phelan ages ago. He went this year with a couple pewter girls so that I can make um, basically head whiteouts. I want to, and whatever the hell, dude, I entered them in that, um, the morph calculator thing on morph market, just to see what would happen. Because he's mask, diffused, amel, het caramel, and she is at least diffused charcoal. Who knows what else she is? I got her at East Bay Vivarium. Two of them, two females. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking to, you know, sire to both dams and then babies from them, throw them together, see what happens. And the amount of different things that I could get because there's mask in one of them and then all of that shit. Yeah. All right. These clutches are going to be ridiculous. Um, oh, dude. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Like sulfur's pewter. Sulfur? Caramel? Amel? I can't. The combination names. I can't remember half of them. Sulfur is s- butter diffused, right? I think so. Or does sure. sulfur also have some kiss in it? Sputters, Amel, Caramel. Right. Uh, one is saffron and then one is sulfur. Saffron's the one with Sunkist in it. Okay, then you got Sunkist, oh. sul- saffron, and then sulfur is with diffused. Right. Which is, there's a, man, some of the com- the compound names still to this day. No idea what they are. Just kill me, right? I'm just like, oh, God damn it, what's a blizzard? And it's like <laughs> an easy one. Which I, yeah. I, I actually want to try to get a blizzard this year uh, from somebody because it's a charcoal Amel, and it's like, kind of a solid white snake and i don't know why mm-hmm. but I, I want one now so uh three years i'll make you a white out hopefully but what white out is adding in diffuse to that right correct so it's an aml pewter yes i'm in vibes yeah let's go let's see you in that's what years. i want just wash out that crazy white snake and i'm set to add uh, stripe into it and just like see what happens okay add so castania the long term <laughs> so castania has got me thinking because one of my original thoughts was when I was still looking, I didn't really know much about them, but cherry amels because they're just dark, dark red. Yeah. Oh, God. Bro- yeah. And there's some yeah. of Jeff Bong's working with just all the ultra, ultra red shit. This stuff's nuts. Um, but yeah, the darkest, most vivid, vibrant reds that I could get throw in diffused. Um, mask, preferably just because I like the way it makes their heads look. And then I was looking like, you know, I really want to throw Terrazzo in it. Because oh, I dude, Toronto love what so that badass. Does. Um, but then also maybe throw Castani in it too, because like anything to make that weird washed out. Basically, I want it to look like colorful static. I guess I want it to look like it exploded. What the hell was that? Not me. I, don't I have no idea. Sense. Something in the um, street. Is someone being murdered outside your door, Chris? <laughs> Can y'all hear that? <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> No, that's just children playing in the street. And I have no way to deal with them. I mean, you do, but you shouldn't. <laughs> shut I'm up! Sorry. It's like the sun's going down. Here, I'm gonna I'll mute and shut that part of my garage and see if it helps. All right. <laughs> no, I mean Don't it's not talking. that bad. I'm just giving you okay. more time. 
Um, but no, I, I'm with you, dude. Like, start compounding in some of these things that people uh, I, I know they're, they've been done, but people mm-hmm. haven't really spent a lot of time focusing on it. Uh, right. Terrazzo is one for me. I, I have to find Terrazzo. Uh, yeah. I need to get Terrazzo in my collection because I love stripes. I love Tesseras. I love stripe Tesseras. I love vanishing stripes. And Terrazzo is kind of like all of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I'm not entirely sure what Terrazzo does with like Tessera, right? And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure it does probably something shitty like some other things where just like it's just a solid color snake. But I kind of like solid colored corn snakes. I think it's yeah. really neat. So yeah weird pattern i like when they're just solid almost a monotone or one of my pewter girls it looks like somebody just threw a shit ton of pepper at her she's got that beautiful pewter but then she's just got these dark speckles all over almost you know it looks like an old like a like she's got a jungle coat just like melanin wash that's badass concentrated into spots do your pewters uh, i've noticed as my pewters get older and then my breeder female pewter they have like a rose rosacea on their cheeks or something like a little bit of pink to their right at the top of their cheeks, a little bit of pink. And mine are actually one of them starting to get a little bit of a yellow neck. Yeah. And I'm just like you motherfucker. That's the whole reason I went charcoal <laughs> instead of anorex. Like, But charcoals don't really do that. Right. Like, so if you have a charcoal, you may get a little bit of yellow on the neck, mm-hmm. a tiny bit, yeah. but then you added the diffused. And for some reason it pulls all that out. And it's probably because it's pulling out the patterning, uh, right. kind of south of the uh, of their saddles uh it's kind of something neat that i noticed that you really again it's you don't really pick it up in pictures yeah uh, it's kind of just a thing that's happening uh and you kind of see it a lot more in older and adult snakes mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty cool yeah those and then the ladies island i'm still super excited about those things i've been <laughs> the lady at the fedex hub aside from i'm picking up snakes she's like "Ooh, what'd you get and i'm just looking at her dead in the eyes like the coolest fucking corn snakes and i just walked out opened them in the car and then uh yeah i got those home and i basically put them in a safe because i was worried that i was going to get cursed and have them escape <laughs> and i could not live like, it I would goes live from home to home it starts with the corn it's snakes. like that movie it follows little fucking kid in the ring i don't want to watch that video and have that shit haunt me forever and so i put them in a um little um like the little snap top yeah i forgot the name latch tubs yeah Mm -hmm. little ones put one in each and then put them in the rack in a tub and shimmed the tub jesus you like hannibal lectered them yeah (laughs) yeah and they're the only snakes i've ever done that with specifically they're not cursed and i've been jailbreak free for (laughs) an extended period of time now but it was like two years ago. I had to take precautions. How are those coloring up? Are they looking good? They're looking really good. The um, the male has almost stayed. You know, he does the thing where corns, they have that fucking amazing orange color in between the saddles when they're little. Mm-hmm. And so that part is starting to smooth out and everything. But he's basically the same color the whole time. And she's progressing a little bit differently. I'm really interested to see how they keep going. And she's feisty as shit. She's so much fun. I love them both. But he's still drop feed. And she's one of the ones. She'll come out and hang out of the tub trying to grab me and the mouse and whatever. Then she'll wrap it all the way up. And, uh, yeah, she's in there right now. Every time I walk in to check the egg box, she's the first one up cruising to see what I'm doing. She's pretty cool. 
Yeah, mine are. I mean, the the holdbacks I have from from both that that clutch and then the the stuff that I produced last year um, seems to be pretty evenly split in terms of that that sort of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess spectrum. You know, I have some that are like super flighty and and don't seem to want to chill out at all, and then I have some that are like any other corn that's you know just yeah. whatever you know they exist. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm super excited about that because I'm. My plan is, is I'm going to I'm trying to get some of the, the 2021 males beefed up enough to pair back to mom next year. Hopefully. Cool. It's sort of the game plan. That's been a, you know, something in the works for a while. That's sort of the first step on the whole sort of line breeding thing with that that locality to see, you know, what happens and something I've been I've been working towards for for a while since I really got that group going and decided to, to really pursue it. So pretty uh pretty pumped about it was the one you held back with the neat nuptial kind of stripe on it was that a boy from last year yeah uh i believe so because mm-hmm. that's another fast. one yeah i was showing montrose that one when he was here because i was saying you know i had this and some of the others from that clutch had the same thing going where those first like two or three saddles on the neck were like completely fused and it was just a solid solid saddle basically mm-hmm. yeah um Basically, wanted to sort of pursue that and see if that's something that can be built upon and and things like that. Um, or line breed it and extend that. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Like I said, there was a handful of others that came from that clutch that had had a very similar thing going on, just not as extreme as that one individual did. Right. Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. That was also the the clutch that I was really not expecting anything spectacular to really pop up from. I thought they would, everything would look pretty standard in comparison to the pair that yours came from. Um, and that clutch, honestly, I think that clutch has ended up being nicer just in terms of like overall phenotype and things like that. Um, I couldn't tell you why, but there's just for whatever reason that that clutch is just, ended up a lot of the stuff that came out of it ended up looking so much nicer than the, that first 2021 group. Right. That little female, I got this from the ghost Tessera clutch is spectacular. That is a, that's an amazing snake. And she's super chill. Uh, I've little, got some, those reds are coming in boy. And it's like, just they are so red. Deep they are so burgundy. Red. I love it. Nice. Those are going to be badass snakes as adults. The, uh, the male, F one that I got from you. He's a spunky little little toot. He is a uh, he is a, a little exciting animal. Did you keep any of the non tesseras from the tessera pairing? I don't think so. Because that that'll be kind of interesting to see how those kind of. I kept three that are tesseras for sure. It's gonna be interesting. I'm going to be interested to see if we pair any of that stuff back and get ghosts, get anneries, uh, get hypos, what that does. What does hypo yeah, do? Yeah, that's what I'm curious to. That's, that's sort of Dude, the that game plan. Really cool. Yeah, Extracting the hypo out of there is going to be neat. Uh, I, I think when you start pulling the hypo out and then maybe even delete the tessera, right? Ooh, that might be, that might be kind of special. Yeah, because we'll some see. of the browns on mine are coming out and just that the fucking deep reddish mahogany yeah. in those saddles is some of the yep. best color I've seen. It's a good looks nice though. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it, the whole thing that's that's been sort of the strange thing about it too is like the dad from that 2021 clutch. He's the darker one of the three of the trio. He's the darker male, so there's two males and the female. He's the darker male. And that's he's kind of the phenotype that I like a little more. That is like not so much orange, but just that deep sort of oak brown mm-hmm. kind of deal with the nice sort of burgundy saddles. And then the other male is much more sort of, I guess, typical. And he's more orange and uh, less contrast and, and more sort of straightforward. And the female, you know, she's she's kind of along the same lines as him. Uh, and that's why when I did that pairing last year, I was really not expecting anything really special to be coming out of that pairing and not that anything really spectacular did, but just the first couple sheds of that clutch, I just remember seeing like, Oh my God, these are turning out way nicer than that clutch last year did. They're, they're really and, uh, neat. Yeah. And it's just, it's, that's one of the things that I love so much about sort of the locality stuff and then line breeding. It is like not knowing what, like, if you keep it going, what happens? Like, what do you also get? some really not interesting, interesting patterns on a lot of them? Uh, they don't have kind of stock standard saddles. Uh, even mine has some some neat uh, kind of uh, amoeba together saddles, which is just and and that's on the, on the F one, like right. That's yeah. kind of neat. Like it's it, it's you know, and it, it's it, it's kind of funny. And I was thinking about this the other night. I received those. I, I got my uh, buckskin okatees from uh, Jake. Yeah, you son uh, of a bitch. Oh my god, dude! Talk about another fucking animal. He's like, I'm getting rid of the buckskins. I was like, Am I getting or Chris? He's like, Chris. I like, <laughs> yeah, I talk about another pair of animals that somebody hadn't taken good pictures of. The male is a good representation of a buckskin okatee. The female is an exemplary uh, representation. She is like, that's exactly what you want. Uh, it's kind of derivative of where the buckskin line is gone, uh, especially with Tony D working on him. His buckskin line kind of isn't really buckskin anymore. It's kind of like a soft steel colored line, which is gorgeous. Uh, our, our friend Chris, uh, uh, Black Snow Reptiles, uh, just kind of clutched those, which is going to be insane. His adults are just shockingly perfect. Uh, and I hope he, he needs to post some more pictures of them, especially, oh man, those babies are going to be badass. Yeah, his collection uh, is awesome. He's got he's everything he's right got right. is just oh yeah he uh he, he made some really good decisions leading into it him him and people like Alex Horvath and, and, and Joe talking about some of the stuff that you picked up to, to get get your your, your kind of engine started uh, you guys are doing it right you know what I mean so, some people just kind of pick up what's available and what they what they find cheap at shows and you guys have kind of pinpointed a little bit more uh, I think you get to give Alex a lot more of that credit than me I did a little of both like. <laughs> On top of all of that, I do also have a fucking Pac-Man frog over there that does nothing because I've never had one before. Yeah. My kid convinced me to get her a Pac-Man frog, so now I have a Pac-Man frog. Pet stomach. It's a very weird animal. No, he doesn't eat. They kind of stay the same size if they don't eat, which is kind of interesting. And this one, he... Fucking frog. Every once in a while, I forget that I have him because he'll go, you know... He'll estivate for months at a time just because he's an asshole, apparently. And then he'll wake up three in the morning and do this huge, loud croak and scare the soul right out of me for a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a frog. I guess I'll feed him tomorrow. And then, nope, he's back asleep again. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And when this little, when she finds out that there's frogs, she forgets constantly. When they, when they start moving, 
she gets pissed and starts growling like something's coming to get us, and it's great. Intruders? Yeah. That was my my dog with the leeches when when we first started breeding leeches, and they they do all their fighting and arguing and pissing and bitching and moaning like velociraptors in the middle of the night, and you could just hear them through the whole damn house. Uh, my dog freaked out the first time. Now we're just used to it. We hear it almost every night. We hear just like rah 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 rah. And so it's kind of it's kind of calming and soothing. Now it's fun when we have company over, uh, and they have no idea what it is. Uh, but but Joe, let's let's get back a little bit more yeah. on you. I'm kind of interested to find out what is your uh, what's your stock standard uh, habitat for a corn snake. How are you keeping your corns? So I do a little of both. I've got um, you know if I'm doing a display, I'm still kind of like I love a good piece of wood. A few solid hides. I hate the way Aspen looks, but I'm still sort of stuck on it from when I was a kid. It's good bedding. And yeah, I mean, it works. But um, basically, I'll throw, since there's dead wood in there, I'll throw the um, the fall-colored silk leaves in with it mm-hmm. um, if I'm not doing a planted naturalistic. Um, you know, and I'll throw a ton of that in. Um, a lot of them, I scored... A few years ago on um, some old timer up in the mountains near me was selling off a couple of his old AP wrecks and, you know, not waiting three years to get them. They were the kind with the old heat cable and it was like $600 less than getting them new and delivered. I grabbed those. So I've got a few in racks, um, as much random shit as I can throw in there, hides and everything. So I keep a bit of both. Um, same thing with some of the geckos like they're in pretty simple or crazy planted i've got yeah this i was about to say back. that the enclosure behind you is beautiful so this one which one that one is a crazy amount of a giant piece of cork bark that my partner scored at one of the shows cut it all up got it in there with the bark and everything um it's by far the the better growing one yeah, And then this one, I don't know if you can see that background, that purple bit is, uh, y'all remember Snake Mountain from the He-Man toys? Yes. Yeah. Because that's Snake Mountain as the background. I got one at the flea market and I, <laughs> that's I so made badass. that the background. Let me see. What plant, what, for the ones that you're keeping, are you, you're keeping corns like that? Like what plants are you privy to? Um. So I've got... I had this Silver Queen Pothos years and years ago. It's one ago of my favorites. That um, that fucking plant is indestructible. I'm still using the same plant eight years later, something like that. I've got part of them there. There's another one. It's in every planted thing that I have, have has a piece of that specific plant, just another cutting from it in there. That's so badass. The last time I cleared out that cage that my partner made, I pulled over 10 feet of vine out of it. Wow. Oh, wow. And it's still, I'm not going to do anything now. It actually looks pretty cool, all overgrown, but it grows like crazy. I did some bromeliads for a while. And for the corns, that's just dumb. They're getting ripped off of whatever you're putting them on. Oh, they're yeah. a little too heavy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, the geckos, like the one gecko that i had the bromeliads in he's one of those cresties that's just like a big dumb idiot and he's like i'm gonna jump face first into things instead of climbing on them <laughs> that all got knocked over um some snake plant the mother-in-law's tongue i'll throw that because if it 
settles enough, it stays pretty good. And then I did umbrella plants or umbrella trees. I don't mm -hmm. know. That dumb idea because they don't ever stop growing. And I know that because I've got some that are about 12 inches up there. And then there's the one that we planted in the kitchen that is easily 10 feet tall. And it has one little sprig of leaves on the top. And that's it. Doesn't do anything. Yeah. Once they start going, man, it's uh, like once they're yeah. sort of established and rock and rolling, they're, they are forever. Yeah. But that, that pothos in everything. Um, just it's so it's indestructible and it looks decent yeah the silvers i like a lot um p and cody at the reptile preservation institute they have one of their their bothriopsis uh the bilaniata cages has one and it is just a massive just mass of silver silver leaf pothos you know yeah it's wild that's a that's actually what I have with my Coleonyx mitratus in my office, and it's not, at least nine years old. Well, the, the, the gecko's nine years since I got him, and that cage is a bio bioactive, right? Like whatever. And uh, I've never changed the bedding, I've never cleaned it, and it's going on nine years. And for that one little gecko, uh, but I have a silver leaf pothos, and it's grown massive before, and then it gets down small, and maybe I'm not mm -hmm. watering as much. Storms roll in, and it's spring, and everything's more humid, and it gets big and massive, and I'll you know, trim it a little bit back so the gecko can still be moving around the cage. But you know, it's a great, it's a great thing. I, I, I'm, I'm stoked to hear that you do a little bit of both. You know what I mean? It, it's a, yeah. it's a nice mesh of worlds. Um, with your breeders, do you keep them in more naturalistic setups, or is that more, more rack a little bit easier? When they're breeding, you know, from the time that I'm pairing them, maybe even a little bit before that, I want them to actually have things smelling like them. Um, I'll throw them on paper. I want evidence. Yeah. I don't want to have to sit and watch them. Um, and then it's just easier later on. I, you know, Phelan told that horror story of, uh, Aspen getting stuck in a hemipane and I really don't ever want to have to deal with that. And since I keep, mo if it's on a substrate other than paper towels, I usually keep on Aspen or, uh, you know, varying types of cocoa fiber or soil that I make. Yeah. But I can't imagine like, you know, that tree fern fiber getting stuck up in something's cloaca. Like, mm -hmm. That's just rude. I don't want to do that. To <laughs> I so, mean, uh, as somebody who does it to themselves on a regular, just to kind of <laughs> enjoy it. You know, we like to live vicariously through these uh, circumstances. Uh, I personally have never had that problem. I think after this year, I'll be probably a thousand babies in uh, breeding everything on Aspen. Right. Uh with the exception of some some of my kink snakes, I take out of their enclosures to breed them, uh, but that's because I like to watch them eat each other. Uh, yeah. It's a lot more fun uh, when you don't have to like go dig through the tub. Sexual to... and violent. <laughs> very very violent. Kink snakes are <laughs> super duper fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've actually never had that problem with aspen. I have heard of it though, uh, and I'm very conscious of it. It's something I always keep an eye on, uh, especially mm -hmm. with the males. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's something you would want to just always be kind of who of. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something worth monitoring. I would say that if I was using naturalistic enclosures and stuff like that, I'd probably not be breeding in them. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, the undulations, the way they breed, the way they get together, the way they tussle, uh, yeah. you, you're, they're kind of just going to destroy their stuff more. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've done some naturalistic tubs, which is something that I'm still a fan of, you know, more options in a tub 
uh, greenery, more hide boxes. I've done soil. I've even done bioactive tubs. Uh, yeah. Which is something people don't really talk about. Um, but I've had young corn snakes on soil with isopods and uh, springtails um, with, you know, cork bark hides and, and like not had to clean for a while. Usually you want to up the enclosure in size compared to the baby size, but it's, those are options. You know, we, we don't, we don't really uh, pontificate too much about the options that we have as keepers, but you can't, right. you can get into breeding. We, we, we can do these things uh, and, and still uh, flex our uh, ocular brain. Uh, I've strived against that. Uh, I've gone a little bit more to convenience. That's a little bit more of a, a work thing, right? Like yeah. you, you work, you work a 90 hour week and you're like, maybe, maybe we don't put plants in that one. Uh, yeah, it's a little easier to deal with. <laughs> yeah. But that's also not an excuse, right? Uh, right. Everybody uh, has, 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 has a, a benefit and, and, and some, sometimes a little bit of a, of, of a con to that. Um, but what is your, you know, you did say you, you, you had a clutch already. Uh, what is your season looking like? So I've got the one, it's the fire mask male by the pewter girl. Um, that's 10 eggs. They look amazing, like straight out of it. They looked great. Um, and she's already recovering. She looked like I just hammered dog shit after that lay. And then she bounced back really fast. Um, and then her clutch mate, another female, same pairing basically still waiting she looks super gravid she's uncomfortable she's an absolute just rotten asshole right now she's <laughs> the meanest snake in my house right now i mean she's uncomfortable as hell and things like that she's the first corn snake that's bitten me and i don't remember how long not a baby because oh okay so you guys i know you have ridiculous names for all your stuff i do um Everything that I'm keeping has a name, and I tend not to name babies, holdbacks until I'm really sure things like that don't get named yet. Yeah, absolutely. But apparently all of the babies from last year are named Stop Fucking Biting Me because that's what I was <laughs> saying every time. And so my daughter decided that's what their names were. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then the, the third clutch that I'm pretty sure didn't take would have been um, Blood Red Pied to Blood Red Pied with i know one of them is het annery the other one probably is because it's corn snakes so if it does take maybe there's a granite or two in there but mm -hmm. um yeah that was it for this time i didn't want to do go from my first corn clutch last year to the deal that i had worked out with a local shop to supply them with animals as they come in um the people that I had that deal with at that shop that fell through because that shop got weird again, new owners. Now maybe things will work out, but yeah, I didn't want to overdo it. There's only so much space. I'm in California yeah. and that's, you know, another it room is, is another yeah. grand or two that like, right. My job's decent, but it's not that decent. Um, so yeah, just without having that much space, I didn't want to do like, fuck, what if all of them lay 20 plus eight clutches and then I'm stuck with, you know, 60 plus babies. I don't want to deal with that. Bro, why you got to be saying that shit when I'm about to be on clutch two? <laughs> <laughs> I, I straight up was it like, it could 12, be worse. 12. You could be JT. 
dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least yours is on purpose true true and that's the thing is a lot of it was like i was like i'll just pair everything a couple times and we'll see where it goes and then like i kind of stop i stop i stop reading stop reading mm-hmm. i'm done we're good and then it's like oh they all got gravity no they all yeah. worked yeah. and then i had that's... two clutches of leonis slug out and i'm still gonna have 21 clutches so you're not getting any leonis this year uh no i got a clutch of 10 9 or 10 uh, from my uh, vivid line milk snake phase, the ones that bred last year, the one that I always send those su- super cool pictures to the group chat of the male, uh, oh, like a, God. all the way down the female's head. Stop. That's how they breed. That's how they do kisses, Justin. That's how they do kisses. I don't know how. I don't want any. I don't want any. That's that's the only pair of Leonis I have that does that. All my other Leonis I could leave overnight, no problem. Gray bands, no problem. Uh, Yo, Mex Mex, no problem. But for some reason, that one fucking female, Leonis, is just like, I could feed her. I could feed her. Like, literally, hours after I feed her, pair them up. And then she's got it, got the male's head in her him. mouth. But is they it the breed. same male every time? Uh, yes. I've only, I've only, I've kept those together because uh, they're, they're like a specific line bread, milk snake phase, uh, Vivid Tons Highland. Like, maybe he's just extra, like, he's fucking delicious. Oh my God. He's, he's still locked and he's halfway down. No, he, that's how it works. They yeah, literally lock up care. and she starts eating him. It's just like, uh, give him another couple minutes. And because they don't breed for very long, like, the second they stop breathing, I'm just like, okay, let's pull him apart. Yeah. Uh, hey, you already, you're, you're gonna, how many of those are you going to part with? I, all of them. You can have some. Bro, I got Leonis. I got you, bro. Don't even, what you want? Are you doing those really dark, like weird looking alterna that you had? Uh, yeah. So my like, my so the Dark Knight male, I have the the black F one three mile west male. Uh, I actually put them to both of my females this year, and they're both due to lay. Um, and God, the babies that I held back from last year are just insane. That's are those, so. Those guys are the the super dark with tiny little bits of orange, or are they the ones with the huge orange that has a lot of melanin washing in on it? So both of my females are heavy melanin. I have one female that is heavy. The melanin is so heavy it bleeds into her orange. Uh, but both the one of my, I'm thinking of, yeah, I think. Both my females are Blair's phase. And then my male is the one that is a alterna phase um, that has zero. You can't, you can't find a speck of orange on him. Okay. But he's so overly saturated with melanin that from his nose to about halfway down his body is black. And the coolest okay. thing about it is it's iridescent. It's it's it looks like a, you know, kind of like a, a Boellens python. That much iridescence to him. It's so weird. Uh, and so I have a wild caught male, and I'm I'm proud and happy to have him. And he's produced uh, multiple babies. Um, but this year I gave him the year off and did all the the two females of that particular locality uh, with my, my I call him the Dark Knight, uh, just mm-hmm. because he's the weirdest looking alterna I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, produced by Stu Tennyson. I God, I don't even think Stu Tennyson knew that he was going to look like that and then uh actually got him from uh uh uh, uh rua Dave, david rua i think one of, one of our buddies kind of goes a long way back was doing some colubrid work uh rua's colubrids um and he was getting a little bit uh, uh, sold a few animals and i bought it he posted this this alterna and, and i was like excuse me sir what is that he was all that's a three mile west f1 i got from Stu tennyson and i was like that's not what a three mile west looks like so i actually messaged Stu, and i was like hey you know did this not to be a dick, but did this animal right. come from you? He was like, yeah, actually, that's a 2013 I sold uh, male a long time ago. And I was like, I have it now, and look what it looks like. And, and it was kind of like a, whoa, you right. know, like, why, what is that? And so all of his babies, uh, 
very a lot of variation um but dude that melanin it, it, all, all the babies you know sitting now about about a year old that i've i've held back i held back four. Whew. Oh god they're just they're dark they're dingy uh two of them show almost no orange but they've held on to the white uh, okay anyways yeah alterna are if you're ready to deal with the babies uh yeah, I don't know about that yet. I had enough like shitty problem feeders this year. One, yeah. my favorite. Well, I picked my kid helps with holdbacks for yeah. every anything that hatches. If it's the first thing of something to hatch here, apparently that means we have to keep it forever. Oh, nice. So, Special. yeah. Luckily, the first corn that hatched here was a pretty cool looking snow. It's got some nice zigzag on his back. The male nice. I got from. Uh, from Travis however long ago has a lot of that zigzag on it not exactly I mean I'm old so like Aztec where it was very distinct blocks on either yeah. side yeah it's more wavy than that um and I held back so that one's a male I held back a female a male that had even more of that zigzag almost nice. getting to be a stripe just huge sections of it fuck it I'll do some weird line breeding like I've already got siblings named Luke and Leia from Justin I'll find some other sibling <laughs> names and go yeah. with more of that but uh she got maybe four or five pinks in her and rolled oh and uh that happens yeah, yeah. stuff and you know i mean it still it sucks every time but it's also one of those like i know it happens shortly after that i had had that problem feeder or non-feeder that i got from carol just at a show she had a big bucket of like these don't eat you want them and it was really cool, weird-looking, stripey something or other. I took it home and I couldn't ever get that thing to eat. And then I've got another one that I'm probably going to have to euthanize. It's got a... There's a patch right in the middle of its head that I'm pretty sure it's just skull. Like, oh, you can see huh. it goes in. So I don't oh, think weird. she developed all the way. Sucks because she was the best eater out of the entire clutch. Yeah. But um, how the fuck did I get on that? What the hell were we talking about? Dumbass Alterna. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. I, I've got a pair of Alterna uh, from a buddy. I mean, absolutely top-notch, nine miles, uh, nine mile north that are some of the fucking coolest looking Alterna you've ever seen that didn't eat for him. He brewmated them, sent them to me, and I have run the gamut on them, and they're just on tails now. Every three to five days, I'm shoving a tail down their throat. They ain't eating, man. They're just not going to, and Fucking animal <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Dog and the cat are chasing each other under me. That scared the shit out of me. That was funny as fuck. Uh, but yeah, so, dude, some snakes just ain't going to eat. And, and sometimes it right. just takes a long time. And sometimes you're pumping them or giving them tails. Uh, yep. And we can only do so much to keep them alive. Every year I've had a couple corn snakes that don't eat. Uh, yep. it's, it's going to happen. See, I've I been know. lucky. Oh, yeah. I haven't really had that issue. I had a couple of the Dion's. Like, there was like two Dion's. One of them for like I never I could never get started. I ended up sending that to um, a buddy up north. Um, you know, he bought some, and I was like, "Hey, if you want this one, it's not eating, but like I'm not. If you want it, I'll send it, and you can try your hand at it." But I just yeah. like, for whatever reason, it's just not it's not working for me. So yeah. I haven't really had that issue with bairds or corns. Um, just Alterna. Alterna are really really good and not eating now. If you if you kind of run the gamut on them, uh, they'll they'll eventually usually pick something that they like, and you give it to them a couple times, and then once they get a couple pinkies in them, they're just like, oh shit, food. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like 
king snakes kind of have that thing like now i'm gonna have a feeding response that's gonna scare you every time you feed me mm-hmm. uh but every species of god I, i've had i've had corn snakes that just it doesn't matter what i did scenting uh you know go to tails and, and then it's kind of I, I had this snow motley two cl- two seasons ago two seasons ago it was 2021 um i had this snow motley that was just so badass it was perfect circles down its back it didn't have a line it didn't have any connected motley areas it was just perfect circles down its back i love that look on a motley uh kind of like a hurricane motley i guess and uh right. dude yeah. she was just that. a treat and and she had a good disposition and never ate for me then i got her on tails and, and, and corn snakes have such a fast metabolism that i was i was doing tails every five days or so when i was feeding all the other babies and she just died and god that was a little heartbreaker because she just she had the yellow on her throat already, and, and, and I knew she was going to be pretty. She was the same clutch as all my little yellow neck corn snakes. And I, I'm kind of interested, those yellow neck corn snakes that I've talked about that we got to watch breed live, um, that clutch is one of my second or third corn snake clutches that's going to be hatching. I'm interested to see if that might just be het for something else. Uh, so I, I think we're going we're gonna to be able to investigate that a little bit more as those snakes start hatching and, and see what's going on. I, I, I've... I've seen some of these animals that Eric posts that uh, Sarah Moore posts. And I'm like, look, it ain't that much yellow. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't, the, the, the expression of yellow is just very, very uh, high in that Annery stripe boy. Um, and, and he, it looks like he was just dipped in yellow, but I think that's also the diffusion of the pattern, right? It doesn't kind of have those borders or those, those, things that happen in the pattern to keep that yellow down so he kind of just looks like it's a dip right uh, so that's you know as we as we do this i you know it, I, i'm calling it a project uh just because oh i hear that word daddy it's a project right and then you just get all excited about it uh so it's you know it's it's, it's a little project for me but i yeah. did i showed montross that annery mail um mm-hmm. and he you know he said the same he's like what is like what's going on and i was like me and chris don't know yeah he thinks that it has something to do with with just the amount of hets going on that there's Completely some sort of influence possible. there yeah but but that snake only has two hets involved in it that i am confident in confident in and, and that's uh it's het motley it's either het motley or stripe mm-hmm. uh and it's going to be either het amel or het ultra it's going to be one of the two so and, and I've bred, and, and now now I'm into multiple seasons of breeding these even back to each other, and it's like I, I haven't had anything else pop out. Because well, you, so there was that one, and then there was the the other the female. Mm-hmm. Now the female is uh, the female had a ton of heads, right? No, the the female Annery Tessera, right? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a, a ghost baby, so that's going to be Het Motley because it's from the same male, uh, and then it's going to be okay. Het either A male or Ultra. It'll be one of the two, uh, and that's it. Uh, oh, that one's also Het Hypo. I don't know, Jake. That Jake must have had him mixed up then, because Jake was like, "Well, it's het for like five things." And <laughs> I, I was well, like, oh, "I don't remember him being it, het it, for five things." But I think it's because it's het motley or stripe. It's het ultra or aml, and then it's het uh, het hypo. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of. But it looks nothing like it's the same father, different females. Looks nothing like the other one. Mm-hmm. And there, there's another snake floating around. I showed you that picture, that tessera annery that's from that same clutch. Yeah, that's e- almost even better looking. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not hypo. There's no hypo going on because I bred I bred that male to a ghost. Uh, Why well, I bred him to absent and got zero hypos. Uh, huh. I don't know. Corn snakes are really tough. <laughs> uh, and 
and they're from like that male is from Don Soderberg. I know it's genetics. The female is from uh, Russell Southard. I know it's genetics, right? It's not like it's not like they sold these animals with undisclosed genetics, right? right. So it's it's tough to figure out. But there could be things that they miss. There could be things that I miss. There could be things that you know along the lines uh, we all miss. That's kind of one of the fun things about this hobby is like, do are we onto something or did we miss something? And that's kind of where you generate that hypothesis and then we get to be our, little, little, our own little in-house scientists and decide well, what's the answer uh i kind of like it when we don't get answers right mm-hmm. and then we just keep going forward yeah. it's like well yeah. so so joe we, we we talked a little bit about what you like you like the higher contrast you like the charcoals uh you, you like the whiteouts, which i'm stoked about uh because i dude i don't i don't care who you are a solid white corn snake with it's red eyes fucking cool they're fucking cool man yeah it's it's like Really, really neat to see an adult blizzard or an adult whiteout. I think Avalanche also falls in that same kind of uh, yeah. wheelhouse. Uh, it, it's really neat because they can be genetic powerhouses and a solid white snake. Uh, it's not leucistic. It's not palmetto that may have some of those deleterious things going on. Uh, but it, but it's it, it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, yeah. But what what do, what do you think the future of your collection and what are you building towards? So once I hit that whiteout, like that go you know i'll still make more yeah if i you know vending things like that if that ends up being in my future um kind of trying to go two different directions with pewter because i want some that are a lot more heavy black i want like old static on a tv yeah when you're trying to like oh i guess my free trial at hbo is over or like you know 3 a.m showtime titties flashing around i want that <laughs> static flowing around so but then on the other hand, I really like, I want to see if I can do something without throwing hypo or sunkissed in there, um, just mm-hmm. sort of fading and getting more of that monotone gray, you know, much thinner borders selecting for that instead of the other way around, just so I can get much more of that monotone. But that's as far as that. I've also got the, I've got a pair of weirdos from that Carol Huddleston clutch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go on, uh, go on about those. Yeah. So those are those are the ones that look like zombie sort of stuff. So a lot of her stuff still has that sort of zombie face, but what these ones are is the saddles. The color of the saddles is fading out from the middle towards the inner edges and leaving just this thin outline of red, hmm. and they're just weird. She doesn't know what they're doing. She doesn't think there's cinder in them. Um, one of the other guys in the chat has a female. I can't remember Chris. I can't remember who has it. It's probably um, Chris. Right. And, uh, I was on the fence about him and I was actually messaging Smitty while I was there. My kid's badgering me the whole time. Just get him. Just get him. 10 year old little girl basically telling me to suck it up by the snakes. And I was talking to Smitty about it. And he's like, dude, think about those things in pewter. Fuck it. Take my money. And so I want to see what those things do, but you know, that male can go to another female. So I'll see what he does with pewter eventually. Um, so I've got those as sort of an offshoot. I just sort of stumbled onto something fun. Um, the ladies Island stuff I'm super excited about because there's a few of us doing it. Not, we're not all going to select for the same things. The rarest locality. Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's certain things that we all have in common that we like. All of us like pewter, but we might like it for different reasons. And so when we're looking at a locality project, 
all of these ladies island you know somebody might be going the old okiti okiti route of i want these giant sharpie borders and as red as possible but like dude i like some of those natural browns that are coming out and you know saddle shape might be more important it depends on you know what happens after i pair them and see some of the cool babies i'm interested to see what everyone's project does that's the and problem I, with corn snakes man is like the, the there is no limit to the options yeah. and then throwing some terrazzo and just making some weird shit with that i want to do that eventually and terrazzos. your giant caramel girl like i want to see if that thing makes giant babies it uh i have an update on the giant caramel girl Okay. Uh, she bred to that male probably 15 times and never got gravid. Uh, so we are going to have to, I mean, and she looked gravid. She had what looked like a pre-lay shed. I think, and talking with uh, the, uh, my buddy Matt, who's the owner of the snake, that she was just so massively overweight. I mean, I talking about almost a thousand gram uh, corn snake. That's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, bigger, than, bigger than both of my breeder black pines. Uh, wow. I, in fact, I had that picture of her with my Oh, adult yeah. female black pine and she like didn't dwarf her but she was bigger mm-hmm. uh hey a huge shout out to my female black pine who i decided to not breed this year because she lost too much weight last year uh and then she decided to after not brewmating uh produce fertile eggs uh fuck you um <laughs> <laughs> she's she's she looks like a fucking pencil now she's she eats great she's a great eater and so now i'm just gonna spend a lot of time fattening her up and then I'll just broomate her and breed her next year because once these snakes start going, they don't really want to stop. Didn't even broomate her, like I said, for for good looking eggs. They're kind of the worst looking eggs I've ever seen that are still fertile. I don't know how they're still fertile. I don't know how they haven't rotted. They kind of look like shit. Uh, and maybe they won't make it all the way, and that's okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Mother Nature puts a fork in your plans every time. Uh, but that, yeah, that big female, I, I probably cut 200 grams out of her this season uh just by reducing the size of her food uh putting her on chicks she ate a lot of chicks uh mm-hmm. I, I i am fully confident that chicks are a good food source but i proved to myself that by consistently feeding only chicks uh, a snake will drop weight a little bit at least at that size uh, right. i mean you're talking about a snake that was eating medium rats a corn snake that was eating medium rats that's uh, ridiculous it's a big it's a, it's a big you think girl. she's just broken then like you think it went uh too far I, gone I, I, I just don't I just don't know if natural animals real animals work that way. Right. It's possible she's got fatty deposits now that she's lost some weight. You can see it in her body structure. Uh, so so we'll, we'll kind of just see. But we're going to try her again next year. I was excited to have that caramel clutch because she was really pretty. Uh, and then I you know bred her to a son of Hannibal, you know a Miami caramel with all the heads in the world. And and so I was excited to see that clutch. Um, bummed that it didn't happen. Uh, but I'm glad she did did start losing weight. You know, she was a rescue, uh, right. we, uh, and she was uh, uh, brought to me a, a little bit before brumation time. And um, I, 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 she's on the right path. She's in, in damn good hands. I mean, she's in, in, in the hands of somebody who, who rescues animals, right, and, and who right. cares about these things. Uh, and he, he's bred corn snakes before, and he wants to continue to breed corn snakes. So he's he's got her on the right path. Uh, he's a sweetheart of a human. Uh, so so we'll see what she does next year. She, she's healthy. She's lively. You can kind of look at her until she's young. I bet that snake's not more than five or six years old. Wow, uh, and that big. Jesus. But she was she was somebody's lone pet, 
and they just right. fed her, fed her, fed her, fed her, fed her. Next, next meal, next meal, next meal, next meal, and uh, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, that happens. Uh, that is by far the biggest corn snake I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, the pictures of the male on her is hilarious, and then I saw actual, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, penetration. I saw copulation. I saw saw hemipenes and coequia. Uh, I, I, it did happen. Um, but you're right. She, she may have developed, uh, eggs and, and just kind of absorbed them. Uh, right. at that point, she might've even gone into kind of a starvation mode, right. Where sometimes we hear about these females that if they're not fed very well, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll produce eggs, they'll, they'll ovulate, but then they'll kind of just reabsorb. Uh, yeah. and her body may have naturally gone into that regardless of where she was at, uh, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a, kind of like interesting, uh, was, was one of the neat things that I went through this year. Uh, you know, God, but looking at a corn snake in a V70 and saying that V70 is not big enough was, was, was really, really, really interesting. Uh, because a V70 is a good size for a corn snake, uh, and, and a large adult male or female in a V70 is, is, is appropriately sized. But when you look at it and they take up all one side, all the backside into the next side, you're like, it's almost a six foot corn snake. So that's ridiculous. Uh, I love it. Yeah, and, and the best thing about her was she was an absolute sweetheart. Uh, she was one of the snakes I could open up. My kid would take out and just kind of like hang out with, it, right? So, yeah. uh, but no, that 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 kind of uh, that that project kind of happened and, and ended uh, not as, as spectacularly as I thought, but it, it might have ended. But I, I was waiting for a 30, 40 clutch fucking corn snake, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and just have all these babies. But kind of now where I'm at with eggs, I'm glad that didn't happen. That would have been uh, a lot funnier that way, though. <laughs> I mean, now, if you would if you would just send her to JT and said, "Don't breed this," oh fuck yeah, right? She would have just had parthenogenic clutch of fifty. <laughs> yeah, thing would have just yep. been spitting out eggs the second it touched his room. Yeah, and I, and I won't even say that a big female uh, she doesn't look that bad now. She looks a lot more corn snakeish, a lot more like that loaf of bread. I'm not saying that if you have a corn snake that size, you've got an unhealthy animal. Uh, but be conscious of its girth, right? The mm-hmm. girth is what surprised me the most, not necessarily the length. Uh, the length is a byproduct of the girth, right? Like if a big snake just continues to get big, um, but just her, her actual mass, uh, I think she was probably in the six, 700 gram range when she left here. So, you know, and, and like I said, Matt's got her angel of a human. So he's going to, he's going to, he's going to feed her right. And, uh, we'll kind of see where that goes, but, but no, anyways, uh, Joe, we were talking about, is, is there anything you you're, you want to add? Is there anything you're, you're avidly kind of looking for? You're, you're, you know, what's your shopping list look like this year? All right, so oh, this year, that's going to be tough. It honestly depends on what you guys pop out. Um, <laughs> you're getting a box from me, I, I guarantee it. I was going to say, because you end up with some really weird shit that pops out sometimes, and it looks great. I need to stop looking at rhinos real bad. No, you don't. <laughs> And, um, you know, eventually if you maybe... get a rhino, I will give you a shirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing shirt. one right now. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, you know, for a long time, I thought about like, there's a couple hognose morphs that I really thought about getting, but then my whole left arm went numb for a mosquito bite recently. Do I really want to fucking deal with that? Just bro, what's up, dog? Let's right? go, baby. Bubble so, boys for life. That's Bubble just, boys yeah, for exactly. Life. So I'm just not even going to bother with that. Um, eventually, I'll find some terrazzos that I like. I'll throw those in. But for right now, it's sort of let's see what pops out. See who I want to keep. I want to accomplish the one project. I need to work on that blood red thing. Um, 
I want to get everybody properly probed. And then if it turns out that I've just got a pile of males, somebody needs to take a couple males and I need to find another female that I like. Um, yeah. But, and you know, eventually if I find a male Novagini that I really like, then... Skyler is, um, Skyler Williams, he's selling his pair right now. Yeah, they're badass too. They were, I, I think they were, they were from Billy, but they were produced I, by Billy. I could never oh, have so pythons, bad. but if I had pythons, I'd get Nova Guineas. Yeah, because they're the fucking best ones. I got they're mine really from cool. Travis, and that I have a picture of the day I got her, and her head's the size of my thumb. And the last time I opened her cage up to feed her, she finally did that carpet python, like, fuck you coming out thing immediately yep. because there was yep. a mouse smell in the air. And it made <laughs> me, dude, I jumped so hard. Not, you know, I'll still flinch whenever something tries to bite me. I can't. Yeah, it yeah, just always yeah. happens. I didn't flinch from her because I didn't even occur to me that it was her face coming at me. It was just a sudden movement when she has never gone fast ever. And so, yeah, yeah. I've got some chondros, man. I open up those tubs because they're never like right at them. Sometimes they'll be at the front, but most of the time they're in the back. And I know if I open that, like the if they see the first sign of like heater movement, I have a face coming at me every every damn time. And then that's scarier with those fucking teeth too. I don't know. It's easier to to when you know it's coming. It's much right. easier to to be ready to dodge. But yeah, it's I mean, hilarious I... how it's just you can tell it's it's one thousand percent knee jerk. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's no real intent behind it. It's it's thousand percent. Oh, it's food. Oh wait, no, it's not. Never mind. Okay. So Joe, as being kind of more recently conscious in the in the magnitude of the hobby, mm -hmm. what do you, what do you see as specifically in corn snakes being hot right now? So, it's a weird cycle. I feel like um, scaleless seems to be picking up, and I'm kind of surprised by that because it yeah. still seems pretty divisive. Like, I still I see some that look pretty cool, but also like they're fucking gross, dude. <laughs> it's kind of weird looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from the first time I saw one at a show and I asked, all right, so what does that thing feel like? And they were still so expensive. Dude was not pulling it out to let me touch it. And he said, you know, it feels like baby skin. And the woman in the booth behind him it feels like a dick and just moved <laughs> on from there. I'm like, all right, so cool. Nice work, everyone. Um, <laughs> they kind of feel like a dick, man. It's kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> I, have yet, I have yet to hold one. So it's kind of fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, I think there's, we seem to be cycling back sort of towards like some of our, I don't want to say forefathers because we're not going all the way back right. to no. uh, to the doctor whose name I can't remember, but Betchel. even going, thank Betchel. you. Betchel, yeah. So going Betchel. back to like Kathy, Abbott, things like this, where people were just, they had these snakes and they were making the snake they had look as good as possible without it being a huge mud of everything. And I mm -hmm. see yeah. that starting to pick up. But I also see starting to pick up like, fuck it, let's throw these together and see what cool shit we get. Sort right. of like the, um, like a the confetti pinata. picture party. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Eric West, Westmoreland, right? He has such hardcore data on all of his genetics. But he throws these crazy pairs together that he's like, Got to make a lot of heads. God, look at look at what we could do here. Look what we can do yeah. here. Look what we can do here. Yeah, and you you end up with some really cool stuff. So I think it it seems like after the giant 
like that just huge rush that we got with all that COVID shit and everybody just buying up every single thing that they could. Yeah. The pet store next to me was paying 60, 70 bucks wholesale for their Cresties before not including shipping, which Ooh. made it really easy to undercut their wholesalers, but that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but all of that, it's almost a glut. We, I don't think we'll ever hit ball python. I don't, I don't even think we'll necessarily hit the way that leopard geckos seem to go for a little bit. Maybe that's just because I was paying attention to them for a little while, where yeah. it's just piles and, you know, five deli cups deep stack on the table under the net sort of thing. But I think we seem to still be going on this really great uptick. It's slowing a little bit because people ran out of money, but yeah. people are starting to get back into corns specifically, but colubrids in general. Yeah. And I fucking love it. I get to see a lot of weird king snakes that I'm probably never going to keep because fuck king snakes. I'm biased yeah. because of a Pueblin milk that I had that I really disliked. Um, <laughs> it was a beautiful little sausage that constantly smelled fucking awful. Like, that was my whole experience with that snake. Um, but I think people are... It, it might just be my feelings on it and I'm projecting on it, but... There's so many good conscientious breeders now that are sort of smaller hobbyists that are just doing like here's I mean we listen to small batch yeah you listen to Alex Horvath mm -hmm. and it's just like I'm super excited to see what he pops out because of his selection process um you know some of the guys in the they're doing it again <laughs> um, some of the guys in the other groups where. I think a lot of us, when we get to, and I, I like to pin it on, I feel this way. I feel like you feel this way. I get it sort of from my uncle and from Trumbauer and from a few of these other guys where it's give a kid a snake. Yeah. Like I'm breeding these because I want to, mm -hmm. and because I want to see what cool shit pops out. And I want to see what I can progress with the ingredients that I have and get it somewhere and maybe add some other ingredients here and there. Right. I'm not doing it because I want to make 200 bucks a snake. Right. Like, fuck it. If somebody has a cage that they need to throw something and it's a kid's first snake, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Take it. If it happens to be some, like, your first snake's a pewter. Cool. Have fun, kid. Right. Like, you're about to be ruined for life on these snakes. Like, it's never going to end. You're going to be I doing get, this forever. I get more out of that yeah. than, I mean, you know, like selling snakes i like making a little bit of walking around money nothing crazy mm -hmm. but i get more fulfillment out of that kind of thing yeah. than i do selling you know to a rando on morph market or whatever mm -hmm. and you i know? think a lot of the hobby is going that way i mean look at uh lisa uh farina when she's she bred those fire skinks and i saw them in person they're awesome. Yeah. Um, people doing these little projects just because they want to. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows her because of the white lips. And I also saw some of her white lips. Those were also phenomenal. But like, tiny little fire scene. That thing was amazing. And she did it just because she wanted to. And there's, there's more people like that. The more a lot of the show culture is changing around here. There's fewer flipper tables. I see. I mean, we still have the triple L table and it's still huge. And you know what? 
sometimes I need a new pair of tweezers. Fuck it, I'll hit them up if nobody else has it. But there's a lot more smaller booths popping up with, I mean, they're bringing a planted display to show you what your gecko could look like in there. They're right. bringing a wide variety of these snakes. Um, some of the prices are dropping down and that's, hopefully that's where a big branch of this is going because there's also like, I went to the Anaheim show and and you still get like the ball python and retic bros that mm -hmm. are somewhat like there's a couple of the retic breeders at our local issue show fucking rad guys super nice like they'll just hang out and chat forever they know you're not buying a retic and they just want to hang out and talk snakes like what cool shit have you seen but then you also get like some that's just like buy all my snakes i got this clutch of 90 things and i scooped them out with my jay brewer signature ice cream scoop let's get these fuckers off my table um but that seems to be less here i don't know what it's like for you know i've never been to a texas or an east coast or a south show but at least the california shows seem to be a lot more of these small hobby breeders and it seems to be cycling back because that's how i remember starting the, the fire is fading a lot for the big box breeders in Texas. Mm -hmm. You get a lot more, uh, you get a lot more of these craft guys that are doing less shows mm -hmm. that are more excited to be at that show that are much more willing to visit with you and, and want to tell you more about what that animal is on their table and give you a lot more information about it. Uh, and it's, it, 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 you're completely right. Like it's, there's a huge difference from that, you know, table just stacked up full of either imports or wholesale animals. And, and you know, it, you, I, 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 I vend these shows, right? I vend two shows a year. It's a smaller show. And I'll, maybe I'll have 10 snakes, 10 geckos. My brother has a whole bunch of really, really, really neat high-end geckos. And people flock to our table because we want to talk to them. We want to hear what they have to say. They, they, they ask, hey, you know, what, you know, you, you've got $75 crested geckos, but what's that six or $700 crested gecko over there? Or what's that, you know, $1,500 gargoyle gecko right there? And right. it's kind of funny because a lot of the guys that have these huge, huge, huge tables and girls too, these people that have these huge tables will come up to our table and buy our highest end animals yeah. and think that they're going to have the same success as us. And it has nothing to do with the quality. Well, to some extent, the quality of animals, but what our animals are much more to do with what our attitude is when somebody comes up to the table. Right. You got it. You got a booth with a lot of traffic. A lot of people are coming there. What's going to happen? More people are going to go there. What's going on? Yeah. What do they have? You know, what's what are, what are they selling? And, and then it's so funny. Some of these people come up and be like, man, you got people all over your table and you got Cresteds, guards, a couple leeches, and some corn snakes. What's the deal? And it's like, I don't know. Are you interested? No, no. I mean, I don't really deal with that stuff. I, I do retics or I got ball pythons or something. I'm like, yeah. well, you know, talk to me for 10 minutes and tell, tell me why why you don't want to get into these. And, and man, I've had people walk off with a stack of crested geckos or, yeah. you know, and it's, you, you got to kind of market yourself. You got to sell yourself a little bit each, each time you're vending that table. Yeah. I love it. It's so much better that way. It's when I, when I started again and more, I consider it my adult life, like my old man life. Um, one of the shows I went to, the, I think I was there with my brother. He used to be like my reptile show buddy. He moved. So now I go alone or with the kid. My partner does not like going to reptile shows. Too many people. 
my 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 wife does not. She does right. not reptile show. She's not a reptile shower. Yeah, but I I walked up to one of these tables and there's a mom and a kid. Mom's got cash in hand. I don't even remember what was at the table because I was two people back. I'm tall enough that I can see over most of the people right in the front row. Yeah. And unless I'm trying to get in and talk to somebody about a specific animal, I'm first off, I'll fucking wait, whatever. But um, I'm just looking to see what people have and kind of gauge the attitude of the people around. She's got cash in hand and the kids pointing at a, a slot in the acrylic display. Dude looks past her and asks me what's going on. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. You never yeah. gave that kid the time of day, and that's right. all that parent is there to do is support yeah. their child. I, there's I, been tables where I've I've walked by and looked at something that that seemed interesting and you know had interest in actually buying it and you know asked the person about it and got short one word answers, mm-hmm. or you could tell they were just kind of like just jaded and I'm. Okay, I, like that's I, enough for me. Like I just, I'm not gonna. I do this every weekend. I'm not getting out of my chair to tell you about it. Yeah. Buy it or don't. I'll sell yep. it to the next show. Yeah. I'm oh, like, dude, have at dude's it. Sitting, just like <laughs> cruising his dude. phone, just cruising Instagram. Like I understand having a chair. Yeah, I've got you know my feet are sore. I'll sit down for a little bit. I've got a fucked up ankle, but also like. If somebody comes up and they want to talk about some silly ass dirt snake, I'm jumping up. Um, you know, sitting at other people's booths, I've got one of my buddies at the shows is, you know, he does rodents and then he does a shit ton of ball pythons. As a habit, I don't really, there's a few ball pythons that I like a piebald ball python. I don't give a shit what other genes it has in it will always look cool to me. Especially the low, so badass, <laughs> right? Like, why the fuck do you look like that? It's great, especially low white when it just looks like some melted weird colors on it. I love yeah. that shit. I'm like, I don't have space to put a bunch of ball pythons. The kids got a rescue ball python that she tricked me into buying, and I've got one that I got from Costco when I was still like, oh my god, there's other reptile people here, and this one looks really cool. Yeah, coral globe means banana, and those end up looking as pretty as they get older because they're fucking ball pythons. He's still great and I love him but fuck that snake. Um, fucking tangent and completely lost where I was going. Uh, you, we, we, anyways, we were talking about uh, you know uh, the, the coherency that you have with somebody as you're, you're, you're walking by a table or you're even bending a oh, table. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So I'd sit with my buddy Dean and his wife and the moment somebody comes up to the table, they want to talk. I'll swing by to say hi. First, the first thing I do when I get into a show, and he's immediately pulling me back so I can sit there and talk to him for a few minutes. Like, they just opened. Nothing's happened yet. This is awesome. Um, and then there's just other people where it's like, they're like, why are you here? You're not having fun. Yeah. yeah. And you, if you're trying to supplement your income, there's a lot easier ways to do this. Yeah. Right? Like. It's actually easier to sell online probably than it is at a show. I would assume that shows are, I, I do well at shows, but I also don't really sell online uh, uh, too much, but, but no, I, you're completely right. There's, there's a, it, we, we are still humans. And now that we've gotten into this digital age, now that we've gotten to this age where we order our food, it gets delivered. We never have human interaction. We kind of thrive for that social connection. There, mm-hmm. There's, there's a story to it. There's a feeling to it. I bought this snake at this show. 
you have a ball python that you bought uh, from Costco or, or, or whatever, but there's a story to it. There's a, there's a there's a mythos to it, right? That animal means something in your life, regardless of what it is now. That you could you even now you said you know fuck that snake, but still you still got it. Oh, right? and I still you, totally love it. Yeah, and it, it, there's there's this whole there's this whole you you, you see it and it derives that. Uh, that mentality of that experience that you had, you'll never forget that, that you know, Southeast carpet, carpet fest. You'll never, you'll never forget all, all of or Southwest carpet fest, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but you'll never forget this experience. And, and that sometimes that animal in your collection is, is a, is a reference, a referral to those feelings. And I totally agree. I got a pair of snakes from Tra- uh, Craig Trumbauer. Uh, bro, <laughs> when people right? come over, so look cool. at the collection, I, they don't even fucking know about snakes. I'm just like, Mm, these came from Craig Trumbauer. Uh, the female was produced by uh, Howie Sherman and th- or actually Tony Dunkara. Uh, and I'm like, this is the story. And then and, and Craig Trumbauer is the guy, you know, and, and I, I start spewing this thing and I realize I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. Right. I'm doing it so I can relay that story. Once again, I get to relive it. Just that little moment. Uh, uh, Justin standing next to me uh, watching, uh, Craig uh, talked to one of his Mr. Trumbauer. Actually, that's how we should refer to him. Uh, talking yeah, to one of his friends uh, about uh, a Grandmaster Trumbauer. Grandmaster Trumbauer. Uh, this wood piece they had made for him, and then and then excusing himself after talking to him and saying, I, "I'm sorry that I wasn't uh, paying attention to y'all." And us both just going, "No, we were just kind of randomly yeah. staring, like standing there right next to him, yeah. watching this happen." And we were just so happy for that, yeah. And, and but he kind of looked at us. He's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I wasn't ignoring y'all, but it's a good friend." They they gave each other this beautiful embrace, and it's like, "No, been a fan of yours since before I was born, and I didn't even realize it." And getting to experience, and I watched that, you eat a soft pretzel, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it's it's kind of funny, and, and I'll never forget that moment when I watched a man who's had this ingrained in his life for 40, 50 years, still have that passion and then stop and say, hey, I don't know who the fuck you are, but I'm sorry. Let's do that same experience one more time. And then, you know, he was actually holding these snakes for me. A huge shout out to Matt Morris, who had uh, set it all up. And I was like, you have a bag? And then handing me a gift wrap bag with a handwritten note on it and it's like oh my god you don't even know who i am and, and it, you know it's yeah and and, and 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 then getting to share that with one of my best friends justin standing right next to me right like all of these emotions that i'm feeling are probably reflected through the smile that i was ear to ear uh and then it's bounced off of the experience i had just had watching him and and it, and it was immediately recognized we both knew oh my god yeah we both ever we all love this stuff uh and so it's it, it's it's you know I, I kind of just tangented a little bit, but these experiences, these values that we build our life off of, are ingrained in these children that are going to these shows that are looking at this, that these parents that are that are with these kids. I've had plenty of parents message me after buying a snake or a gecko from me and be like, hey, you know, we kind of want another one, and I'm like, wow, okay, awesome, you know, uh, let me know which animal you bought and when you bought it, and they'll tell me, and I'm like, oh, I I remember that you're. You know, your kid was looking for this. You ended up going with this. And like, you know, and, and I'm like, and, and sometimes I'll be like, hey, here's here's a couple people that I would highly suggest buying from. I don't have anything available now. And they just go, no, I'll wait till you have something available. Just yeah. let us know. And, 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 you know, I'll write it down. I have a little a little uh, a little memoir book kind of thing, a little journal. And I'll write down, hey, you know, if this happens to be produced, let's let's message this person. Dear diary. Dear, dear diary. 
Uh, and then and that kid and that parent are sitting there excited as shit, waiting on it. Like, they're all set. Mm. I remember even full-grown man, Carol Huddleston, gave me that non-feeder snake. She just said, I want that one. How much do you want? And she laughed and just put it in a cup and, like, here, you got those weirdos <laughs> from me. You're, yeah. you know, I bought snakes from her before. Motherfucker, I was 10 feet tall after that. You couldn't tell me shit. Yeah. yeah. That snake was already dead in that cup, basically, because it yeah. hadn't eaten yet. I was walking around telling people, you all need to go. I would have told them to go to Low Belly anyway, but like, right. that was one of the best things that's ever happened to me at a reptile yeah. show. Isn't that when I, but when... I think like there's a certain, you only get that from someone who's at a certain point in the in their love for the hobby, if that makes yeah. sense. Like there's a oh. threshold that right the people that were never in it for the money the people that were only in it because they loved it mm-hmm. yeah it, it's yeah. it's 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 kind of it's kind of interesting it's kind of special you know we, we 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 hear these stories of people that sell snakes to people and then you know 20 20 years later they come back to their table and say hey i'm a herpetologist now right you, you, you know what i mean uh i i was very lucky to to grow up with uh, carl vargas uh who's still a close friend of mine uh who who worked with me when I first bred geckos in 1998, uh, and and kind of just stayed a friend. And it's you know we sit down. He comes over to my house. We have a beer, and it's like, or, or John Lasseter who comes over. We have a beer, and they're like, look, look where you got with this. Like you're you're still in. The, you 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 were never, you never cared. You never never cared about selling animals. You never really cared about putting your neck out there. And, and until I guess more recently, which is maybe a byproduct of Justin becoming friends. And it's like. You still love this. You just love this shit, yeah. don't you? And it's like, yeah. And, and it's so funny. Those people that we click with, those people we connect with, are the same way. Those, yeah, yep. Those older people, those younger people. Look at some of the group chats we're in. You know, we we have probably have a gamut of fifty-year-olds uh, uh, down to you know twenty-one, twenty-two-year-olds. I think I think God Elijah, fuck, he's like eight years old or some shit. Elijah's just a fucking baby. <laughs> oh my god, he snapped off his mom's titty. Dude, it's crazy, man. Because I remember, like, Elijah was was like one of the first people that followed me on Instagram. Yeah, he was like literally a kid. Like, I think he was, he had to be like fourteen. Yeah, maybe fifteen. I'm worried about being put on a fucking watch list maybe for messaging 16. that guy. But then, like, it's been to watch him go from from the stuff he had as a kid to like growing into yeah. into pediculture and like just that's been really cool and then, and, you, just, and then you meet him yeah and he's and he's vending daytona great yeah <laughs> and he's knocking it out of the park and you're like bro you're like 18 19 years old and you're vending the show and you're like doing good yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean you're doing well at daytona which is a, a tough pill to swallow like you want to go vend daytona then do well you're, you're competing against the best the the people that succeeded in this can you and imagine trying to sell corns at daytona when you have the rest of those fuckers there Oh man! Oh See, man. I don't know. See, even then, like, yeah, like you have Abbott who has killer stuff. You've got the, you know, the Holy Trinity selling their stuff. Um, but at the same time, there's plenty of other tables that have killer corns. You know that it's that the other guys just they don't maybe they don't have. You know, like yeah. me specifically looking for honey stuff. Um, Dude, that fucking honey motley that you got that thing. <laughs> that's yeah. So that that's uh, such that, a cool snake. That's Mike Falcon. Yeah. And he vended, I think he vends every year, but I remember when I got that animal thinking, man, I need another honey. 
and I remember he had honeys. So last year, he was the first table I went to in the show. Yeah. Like, made a beeline. He had some honeys. I got it. I got that other weird oddball. No clue what, what it actually is. Uh, the cinder, right? No, no, no. This was that... Um, Vanishing. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the possible tesseract. Cool. Stripe, yeah. Uh, cool. something. So what the hell is it? I love that. Yeah. Um. And it's you know they, like I said he had honeys you know wards uh, warp is there he's got a you know a million corns fire horse was there that's who I got that cinder from. Um. So there's like there's no, I don't yeah they were captivating creations Roy Rice. Uh, what is it Palm Beach? Colubrids, yep. uh, with all their king snakes and corsic, and then you go to their table. It's an immaculate setup, and they have banger animals, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's, and and then and then you meet some of these like old couples that are there that are like in their seventies that just have a table full of corn snakes, and you're just like that, you know. And, and name, you know, I'm remiss to not remember their name, uh, and uh, and, the, and they're just like I so know who you're talking about, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. old lady that was like, and I, I hate to say old, older woman. Because uh, they were uh, right next to Falcon's table. Yeah, and they're just to like, the left of it. And they so have some really nice looking stuff, some nice anneries and some other stuff. And I was like... It's so foreign to me that you guys get that. We don't have... Oh, I don't get that. I am I am, I am, am 1,500 miles away. <laughs> right. I mean, do you have other corn people at your shows? Or I mean, it's fucking Texas. Is it all carpets Nash. and chondros? Well, well, I'm, uh, uh, well, I have Elizabeth who's... Uh, Beyond what is even at our table is just a sweetheart to be a, a human being to be around. Uh, but Russell Southard uh, vents oh, here, man. Uh, okay. and Don Don Soderberg uh, vents some of the shows around here. But Russell Southard, last this time I talked to him, insane dude. He said he was going to hatch five thousand corn snakes this year. And when I saw his table a- in February this year, I was like, "Wait, so these are all twenty twenty threes?" And he was like, "Yeah, this is what I've already hatched out." And I was like, "You are going to have more corn snakes than." Anyone, and he was all like, "Yeah," and he, and he you know, he goes That's on more about corns stuff. than everyone, not yeah. anyone. Like, and, and I, I even asked him to come on the show, uh, and there was a funny response that he gave me. Uh, he, he's interested, maybe. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's going to be feeding while he's on the show because he has it, to do dude, nine things at once. That's a and, lot and of fucking babies. He dude. even because ha- he's full time and he has has a little hustle. He does a little bit of importing, and he'll have some cool stuff on his table. He'll have some, you know. Uh, red-footed tortoises or some other kind of like more pet-friendly stuff. Oh, but his it. his corn snakes. But he does something that's so cool every show that I think is cool. Uh, and me and Elizabeth talked about this in the last show. Is he'll have a little sack and it'll say corn snake, you know, thirty bucks. And I always was like, oh, eh. he's like putting his normal. It's a blind box. And I was like, ah, it's a normal. It's a normal. And every time somebody, because I've ended right next to him recently. And I or in February, I walked up and I was like, "What was that?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, that was a cinder caramel." Yeah, or, or, you know, he's like, "Oh, that was a because uh, I because I bought an AML shatter from him uh, that he pretty much just gave to me, right?" He, yeah. he just he was like, "Oh yeah, for you know, forty bucks, cinder, uh, AML shatter." And I was like, "This because none of his stuff has prices on it, which is one thing he does really well, but he knows the genetics, dude. You, he he has numbers on the bottom of every tub." And if you ask him, hey, what are the genetics of this animal? He looks at it, he's like, oh, this is this, 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 this. Uh, but I was like, you know, you just sold another corn snake, $35, $40, whatever. I was like, another normal. And he's like, oh, no, that was a super salmon snow tessera. And I was like, bro, that's a $200 snake. He's like, yeah, but that person's going to be really happy. Right? <laughs> that's really and I'm cool. like, 
And, and dude, he sells a lot, right? Like he's got a huge table, a great setup. He I have never buy seen... a couple of them. If they end up being crap, you just put them back on your table in the I've same bag. I've never seen him post something on Morph Market that was not just absolutely A plus plus. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I, I think he saves a lot of his like two hundred dollar and less. Joe, I will kill you. You one more time. I'm sorry. Whatever noise you're making, you better stop. I forgot about the mute button. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, he he's had his. Uh, he usually saves his like two hundred dollar and less stuff. I think for the shows, and then everything that's kind of a little bit more uh, premium than that he posts online. But dude, the stuff he's posting I mean, online—that's smart too, because that's yeah. where a lot of that's going to lie at a show. You know, like that's where a lot of people that are looking to buy, like that's going to be their that's that. Section. Oh, dude! When, when I sell snakes and geckos, it's uh, seventy-five bucks to one hundred and fifty bucks. That's kind of the premium spot. I always bring some higher end stuff, but I don't. I don't bring everything I have that's right. higher end. Uh, my, you know, I'm I'm pretty low on my price for leeches, uh, just because I don't have. I'm not a leechie breeder, right? Like I have leeches that breed. They kind of, they kind of dictate the whether I'm getting leeches that season or not. It's not up to me. Uh, so, so I, I, I always sell my leeches at shows because, you know, 400 bucks for leeches, yeah, pretty good. I'll probably wiggle that a little bit for some people. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see that that volume. It shows how it's pushed, how it's sold, how it's worked. But, no, uh, you know, uh, Don Soderberg does vend some shows in Texas. And I, I, I've seen him vend. Uh, always a busy table. Great setup. Uh, but he always has people working for him. And they're usually doing a good right. job. So, But Texas, Texas has a lot of Paul Pythons, man. A lot of ball pythons, a lot of lychees. Uh, the biggest lychee breeders I know of in the world, uh, with the exception of like, I guess the hampers and like leaping lychees, are all in Texas. Uh, and you know, uh, South Texas Gex. Why would I put lychees on my table when Carl's, you know, across the way and has, you know, fourteen different localities and granite, super granite, melanistic, and it's like, ah, you know, you, you know, and he's my mentor, right? So it's like. I'm not trying to compete with you. I don't want to compete with you. That wouldn't be very cool, right? right. Uh, also, I don't. I'm not trying to vend and make a bunch of money. I'm trying to pay for my table, have a good weekend, and come back with a thousand bucks in my pocket. I got the biggest smile on my face ever. Uh, but yeah, cor- t- Texas corn snakes are not a big thing. Uh, you know, okay. Craig Trump Bauer left Texas. Uh, a-, a lot of those bigger breeders kind of left Texas. A lot of them went to Florida. Uh, so yeah, I-, I think you know the the mecca of corn snakes now is. Kind of East Coast, uh, but you know you have uh, Carol Huddleston uh, work working out of California, and yeah. But gosh, you have people like like Elizabeth that's going to be working here in Texas, and a lot of that Northeast. You know, you got JT, you got a, you, you got Alex, you got man. A lot of it's going to get better. It's only getting better. It's yeah. only getting better. I'm surprised there's there's not maybe it's just that there's not more that I know of in California because they don't come and vend the shows. Carol. Used, she used to only been one show a year. Yeah. And I would see her at that show every year, but the last two or three that I've been to, she's been all of them. It's been great seeing her every time. Um, but other than that, like we used to be stuck with the Triple L table and yeah. East Bay Vivarium, which, I mean, they're fucking great. That's one of the oldest shops in the country. Mm-hmm. And I love going to that shop. I almost talked myself into a python at that shop when I was just getting back in. I didn't know what a scrub was. <laughs> like what the fuck this thing's head is awesome amethystine whatever like yeah okay I'm gonna think about that and I went home and googled it really quick I'm like oh fuck that that is not for me right now I have seeing a scrub many- python in person is like seeing your first king cobra in person they're fucking amazing 
they're so good looking. And then it's like, like I don't <laughs> like bleeding that much. And it's huge. The, uh, the, the illusion gets shattered real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what an animal though. What a, that, and you know, I'm glad there's people in the world working with stuff like that. That's oh, a, absolutely. A they're really thing. cool. They're awesome snakes. That tannin bar was enough for me. Now it is. Now it is Doc Wyman's. Yeah, they're like they're like not a handful. There's like they're like an armful, right? They're like they're a bodyful. They're just. Yeah. I mean, where do you want to start, man? Like, they're like freaking glue. They stick to everything. They're so strong. They're strong as shit. Mm-hmm. That, they're, they're when they strike and they they they're trying to like hit you. They're not like Amazons that are sort of half-assedly trying to like get you to go away. It's hundred percent like if I get a hold of you, I, yeah. like I got a hatchet with your dick's name on it. <laughs> Lord first time I ever all. saw someone, uh, first time I saw someone open a tub with a hook, was a scrub. I'd never <laughs> seen anyone do that before. I was, I actually have two snakes I do that with. But go ahead. Oh, um, Bradley Michaelia. He used to. He had that YouTube podcast with uh, Nava Reptiles. Nava Reptiles. I can't remember the guy's name. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he was down for one of the carpet fests and he was showing me around one of the rooms. And oh no, I'm sorry. He wasn't the one that opened it with a hook. It was fucking Wheeler. Wheeler opened it with a hook. And that shocked me. Dude, I have uh, my black pines only get opened up with hooks because mm. they'll come flying out. They don't care. They'll come flying out. Uh, yeah. And I have a corn snake. Her name is Carrie. Uh, she's a little anery <laughs> corn snake. She's the mom to kind of some of the, the neat ones that I've hatched, the, the yellow neck ones. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that snake's problem is, but I cannot open that goddamn snake tub without her flying out and biting my wrist every single time. I've moved her from a top tub to a bottom tub to a middle tub to a bigger tub. And every time I touch that tub, if I, I open it with a hook every single time, I, I don't know what it is. If I open it up, she goes right there, and she's just latched on my. I will say that is one of the nice things about chondros is like when you do that and you open the tub, like they're planted and they're not going to move. They're just going to take a swing, and then they're going to sit there and see if you move again until they realize that there's not food happening. Because they'll do that, and then I can take them out. Like once they realize they're not getting fed, it's not food. Yeah, they're completely fine. Right, but it's like, man, you can have the chillest. Chillest chondro of all of them, and you open that tub initially, and you just see a mouth just <laughs> come right out at you. Do they lock onto their perch like a Moralia will, or can you just? Oh yeah. Okay. No, I figured they're, they they're would, like glued, I right? I think they're even. They're probably worse than than most carpets. Right. Like they they can be once they're like anchored onto something and they don't want to move. It can be. I mean, you start tapping the tail; they they loosen up and kind of come off. But okay, dude, they're super strong. Snakes, they're though. they're strong, man. My only experience with them is walking through a show and seeing, you know, baby, just the darkest maroon neo. Mm-hmm. And then, like, cool, my heart's broken because I know you're not staying that fucking color. <laughs> and then just having to move on. I'm my dude. I'm planning on on breeding them again this year. I'm. It's been a long time coming. And I'm so fucking ready to produce condors again. I'm stoked for you, man. Oh. I, I remember your first clutch, yeah. uh, you know, listening to the podcast and, and, and me being so excited for that first clutch of your condors hatching and just be like, oh, man, all right, 
few more days. We're all going to hear about it, and then, mm-hmm. and then weekly getting updates, dude. It was and in your excitement, it's, it's, it's like cool, producing man. like you produce a clutch of corns, and then you don't get the opportunity to do it again for like four years. But you yeah. see everyone else for those four years producing, yeah, the coolest corns. And you know that you can't because you don't have the ability to. Like, hey, oh. Brallis, I've been trying for three years breeding. Uh, had him for five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started trying to breed him at three. Dude, that clutch. Oh, my God. And then, and then they hatched the night that I did my uh, Kluber to Klubroid radio episode. And it's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it, if, those, if those eggs make it to, to fruition and I get babies, oh, every, y'all going to hear me screaming from South Texas. I'll tell you what. I, I'm, I'm going to be. This could be. Yeah, I, I promised Westmoreland a female because he's got a male. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a female. But those, those other four babies are gonna be. I don't give a shit if they're all males. It's gonna be real hard to get those out of my fingers. I, I just don't want to. I, I want them. I want more. The hobby needs more of that animal. Uh, they're not easy. They have little idiosyncrasies. They have things that you have to do with their care parameters. I don't care. <sighs> Anyways, Joe, let, let, let's let, let's hit a couple things before we wrap yep. up. Um, let's say you got somebody new that wants to get into breeding corn snakes, not keeping. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they maybe have a couple, and you say, "All right, you're going to breed corn snakes." What what are the few tips you would tell them? Uh, you you've been breeding for uh, last year and, and working on this year. What are the things that you would say you've learned as a new breeder that you would say somebody should focus on? First, obviously, plan ahead. Know how many you're going to do. Yeah. If you're going to breed one pair, fucking great. Breed one pair. If you're going to plan for more, also great. Don't go on the Facebook groups. <laughs> stay Preach. off of them. Yeah. Like, just stay away from them. Go and listen to people. There's so much knowledge. I don't think, you know, Donovan's podcast isn't still up, but like, you know, Dom's got the feed now, but the entire From the Ground Up podcast is still there. It's all available. It's all free. All of this stuff is still there. There's so much info you can glean from. I know NPR, they don't, you know, Owen does a corn clutch. They don't talk about breeding them, but they talk about breeding everything else. Mm-hmm. Any of that can translate. Oh, yeah. Figure out where you are. Like, Justin and I live in a pretty similar habitat, just opposite sides of the country. Um, figure out what someone else is doing, figure out how they're keeping, figure out what actually works for you because then you'll do it. If you try and shoot too high, like I'm going to, I have, don't get too starry eyed about it. Figure out what you can actually accomplish because otherwise like you're just, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're going to get overwhelmed. You're not going to do any of it. Keep it as simple as possible to start more and more complicated and don't fucking Noah's Ark. Oh my God. Like, that's hard not to do. I know, but like, same with the, the starting, on, I have a very starting Noah's, simple Noah's not, collection. Yeah, yeah. like with the, the breeding thing too, man. It's really hard to when like when you get so excited about it. And same with the Noah's Ark thing. Like people see stuff that they're excited to get into, and it's like it's really hard to be like, chill. It'll happen. Yeah. You know, it's, give it time. It's tough. I've got corn snakes that didn't breed it three years, that didn't breed it four years, that did breed this year five years. My my AML Motley, who I got a beautiful clutch from this year, I raised her from a baby. A little Hurricane Motley, gorgeous snake. Corn snakes don't always breed it three years. She was every bit the size. Corn snakes don't breed it four years. I didn't get rid of that snake. Internet says, yeah, I you know I I 
I, I had a corn snake this year, breed it like two years old, right? Like I, mm-hmm. it, it, you're not always going to know what an ovulation looks like. You're right. not always going to know what breeding temperatures need to be. You're not always going to know how to incubate, right? But there's a whole bunch of free information out there to tell you how to do it. Yeah. So don't get disheartened when it doesn't work. We don't talk enough about those failures. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem is not a lot of people think about failures. Like, I'm, I don't try to be arrogant about it. I'm pretty smart. I probably have memorized Kathy's book three times over and forgotten it immediately. Every once in a while, I'll jump on our chat and like, so what the fuck is the incubation temperature? I woke up dumb today. <laughs> like, what do I even do? What the hell is a snake? And then, yeah. you know just it, it depends on the day like be okay with the fact that some days you're gonna suck um don't <laughs> don't have a vacation planned and for the week that your corns would be hatching if you had them incubating to hatch at 60 days and then decide mm, mom can't take care of babies i'll drop them five degrees because then you wait till day 79 and you will go out of your goddamn mind that was <laughs> that sounds year. like a thing it's yeah, oddly specific really cool. yeah, yeah. But yeah, just um, like be okay with failing. Yeah. Think with any, like, learn from what you fail at. And then try to remember that feeling of when you see something pipping. Like, if that ever goes away, think about what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Because, like, that's the coolest thing. If, and then if you're think, just... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, yeah. I mean, if you're just doing it because you want to sell them, like you can have the table somewhere other than my side of the show, if that helps. Like, you're not fun for me. Like, are you doing it because you want to see some kid's face light up? I, the first time I sold a gecko to, I mean, he was probably a six-year-old kid. His aunt was there at the show. I was, um, Travis was nice enough to let me share his table so I could, uh, do some geckos and I wanted to hang out with the with living legless legless family before they moved to Tennessee mm-hmm. this kid came up and he was looking at the geckos and the mom sorry the aunt bought the kid the gecko and I actually got to see a kid's face light up I've seen kids get happy before you know I'm a dad I've made my kid happy and things like that but there's nothing like a kid lighting up because you handed them something that you made like, is that why you're doing it? Or is it because you want a six gene white ball python? Like, Which, always... I mean, at the same time, if, if someone's doing it for that reason, like more power to you, that's cool. Oh, I yeah. just, uh, you know, I like, I get it. Like there's, it's, it's everyone's personal level of fulfillment that they get from things. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the same. It's, but I, I agree. Like to me, that is, like I said earlier, like I get a lot more out of that. Than, than selling stuff. I guess you're right. Yeah, I don't want to be judgy. I just that's no, 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 for sure. No, you're, you're completely, you're, you're, you're completely correct. And it's like, did you get into this just to be a dream chaser and, and just to try to have that world's first? Great. You mm-hmm. better have your shit together, right? Because you have no idea what those failures look like. You know what I mean? You're gonna go year after year after year with failures, and and, and, and if your goal was only to do this one thing. You've, you've need to, you need to diversify your bonds, right? Right. Uh, because, and also getting that six gene animal usually consists of getting uh, 20 to 30, not six gene animals, 
And so what was your plan for that? Uh, and, 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 and we kind of see a lot of the big breeders are the ones that get the world's first or kind of the neatest, most, uh, intricate line bred animals. Uh, but it, 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 it's, I, 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 I kind of agree and, and fill you on that thing. If this is your first time, you're, you're going to get into it. Just be excited about hatching that first yeah. egg. And if you're not, don't feel bad saying this isn't for you. Uh, don't right. feel bad saying a species isn't for you. Don't feel bad uh, saying that Pueblo and milk snakes are stinky little sausages. Like, don't don't ever feel obligated to like something because other people like it. It has nothing to do with that. It is about your personal opinions because your personal relationship with that collection will be reflected back to you uh, in your animals. Uh, and if you're not having fun taking care of them, you're not having fun cleaning shit, you're not having fun hatching normals, you're, 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 you're not going to enjoy it, right? You, you've right. you've got to find some level of enjoyment in there, uh, you know? And I, th- I mean, there, I mean, the people that, that don't are the ones that end up getting out of it and moving on to something else. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's natural selection, I guess, to a degree. And then it's just one Absolutely, of those things, yeah. again, where it's like if someone like there are people that are that are in this hobby for money. And if that's the case, awesome. Like, objectively, I really don't care. Like, it's that's the that's the way they want to roll. Yeah. You know, I'll never understand it from that perspective because that's just not you know, where I'm at. I mean, it is when you breed on, on any sort of scale, anybody who says it's, it's not about money is, you know, it's like, it's gotta be a little bit about money because it has to cost money, you know, these things, you're not going to hold on to every single baby you ever produce just because you want it as a pet. Like there's just, so I don't know, I guess I, I don't get, you know, I don't get judgy either. It's just one of those things. It's like, if that's what someone wants to do it for, you know, great. That's any industry you're going to have that, you know, it, it is whatever. I don't, doesn't have any effect on me and what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got people that have been breeding since 1994, like Westmoreland, who is now making it a full time job after working strenuous hours his whole life. And hell yeah, it's about money for him. And it mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it, but, he, but talk to him. He ain't breeding those snakes because of money. He's breeding those snakes because he loves doing it. And he found out he could make money about it. But I know people that have been breeding for a couple years that are doing it full time, and it is about the money, and they I do mean, it has love to be it at that point. And that's I, why that's a perspective that I won't see because my yeah. ability to pay bills and keep my family fed and my lights on is not dictated by what I'm producing each year. You know, but like, it can help. It can help for sure. And I've I've definitely I've considered even going full time. We all have, I'm sure, at one point yeah. or another. And and I just I think I've. I've kind of come to the conclusion over time that I just don't know that I necessarily would want to, you know? Yeah. Like even now doing water changes in the entire room, it's like, ugh. <laughs> but it's like, imagine that, but it being, you know, an every other day kind of thing. And like, I don't know, there's just a level of stress there that I don't know that I'd want to put on myself and my, my enjoyment of, of this and doing it. Um, I, I think I think um, now, you know, kind of uh, a caveat to that, one of the things that's gotten the most difficult for me to even think about going full time is like the marketing of it. I feel yeah. like we're in this weird the transition. Of work. Yeah. You know, it'd be really cool if we could just post things on Facebook and sell them, but we can't. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. there's not really another social media platform that's ever going to matter. Right. Like we're locked in. 
and 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 so we have morph market and and and, and fauna classifieds and king snake and, and all of these things have their own kind of little deleterious issues to them uh and it's like okay well i'm gonna post my corn snakes on facebook well goddamn there's twenty three thousand corn snakes on, on on morph market not that that's a bad thing that's only a good thing because it's a competitive market uh but at the same time and then the question is well then do i start going to shows well if i do more shows i have less time to do real life stuff if i have less time to do real life stuff am i going to be a happy human god it's such a complex uh it's a it's a man i, I feel like we're all kind of saying a few negative things about it everyone's threshold is going to be different everybody right. is going to have a different threshold that's perfect justin yeah like that's yeah. the, the you know the the whole doing it because you love it doing it because you want to make money like again whatever that's that person's threshold yeah. for for how they want to do things and it's like if you don't agree with it that's fine you don't have to have any involvement in it it doesn't have any any dictation on how you keep your stuff or what your room is like or what time you spend in that like there's a lot of a lot of a lot of bullshit a lot of stuff that doesn't matter and a lot of messages from a lot of stupid fucking people. A lot of things, <laughs> like a lot of it has ninety nine point nine percent of it has absolutely nothing to do with with your keeping of things and enjoyment of it and and how you're doing it. You know, it's just and you can also keep snakes and geckos and hedgehogs and shit and never breed a single one. That's and enjoy. Got to figure out. Do you do you want to breed? Like, yeah. Is it? I had to think about um, when I was talking to my partner about doing the whiteouts. Mm -hmm. I pay, at that time, whiteouts were 300 bucks. Could have saved up for a minute, spent 300 bucks, had a whiteout. Or I already had the fire. I could pay 75 bucks. My partner suggested I get two $75 pewters. And six years from now, have... The whiteouts now three years, but it was three years ago when I bought them. Um, but you're gonna feel a lot better about producing them yourself. Yeah, and it's it's part of the fun for me. And then I'll have a bunch of extra snakes that can go and you know make someone else happy. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But if if the whole point was just I needed that snake, I could have just bought that snake. Yeah. So I guess just figure out why you want to do it. Poke it you know what your threshold is figure out what's there don't be afraid to fuck up because you're going to <laughs> yep. you're gonna fuck up you're gonna have mistakes you're gonna have yeah. deaths if you create life you're gonna create death it is going yeah. to happen and straight up like look up for your mental health like through all of it because it's like, kind of the most important thing right yeah like any of that any any stress from any part of your life is still fucking stress mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it comes from it still builds up and so yeah pay attention to that shit yeah absolutely take care of number one first because right. you'll only you're the only one that can judge your capabilities mm -hmm. well awesome I, I you know we, we can ask the last question I, we don't even you know I think we already hit on scaleless you know they feel like dicks that's where we're at what do you <laughs> what do you what, what are your thoughts on the palmetto gene uh, you All know right. just kind of like to ask everybody what you think some of them look really fucking cool. They're fucking good looking snakes, man. <laughs> I get... I want them to be symmetrical. Hmm. On their head. The rest of the body, fuck it up. Speckle them all over the place. I really dislike non-symmetrical head stamps. It's just an odd thing with me. I've oh my god, it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. That's so I weird. want symmetrical head stamps so bad. I want asymmetrical everything. 
I want the, the weird Venom eyes. My Nova Guinea's got a zero as her head stamp. It's not even connected to anything. Um, but yeah, palmettos are okay. It's cool. I don't see him in my collection at any point. Yeah. He's got the, he's doing the whiteouts. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little bit more genetically strong, solid white snake. Take some, uh, you know, paint some, some speckles on him, and there you go. I got you, Sharpie. World's first. Completely non-bug-eyed, normal-looking <laughs> palmetto. Yeah, exactly. Zero bug-eye issues in the avalanche, blizzard, and whiteout stuff. Yeah, and I'll send a Costco pack of Sharpies with your babies so you can customize your own. Oh, my God. It could be blue. Oh, fucking doodle bears. Bring them back. Oh, my, oh my gosh. <laughs> I love doodle bears. Let's go. Oh, God damn I'm it. In. Yes. I'm panning a snake this week. It's happening. I have to. Oh, that's so I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was great. This episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself some money. Get yourself a rack. Get yourself a cage. Blackbox cages are all the rage. And then hop on over to Silent Hill Reptiles on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. He's going to have a bunch of stuff up here soon, whether he likes it or not. Uh, you want to have a ball and for sale page, Justin? Uh, think there's any corn snake themed stuff coming out of Fulvius Apparel anytime soon? I'm working on it. I think uh, I think people listening to this show that like corn snakes might need to keep a keep an eye on your uh, on your page. I ha- yeah, I mean I have the the hats. I got a so the issue with the hats is my embroiderer hates it when I have like one or two hats at a time for her to do. So what I'm what I need to do is get the money together to buy like ten or fifteen at a time, yeah, and get it just knocked out and then have because I took them off the like they're on the website but I have them as out of stock because I I don't have any in stock but basically I want to be able to get together a group of them and then have her just do them in in larger batches that way she's not having to like work it in between jobs that we're doing already and some other stuff so working on it awesome. I love it. I love the shirt. I love your shirts that you're making are fucking great. They're smooth. They're soft. Uh, love the hat. I got a couple hats from you. It's good shit. And I'm not even saying that because, like, you know, my friend, it's actually good shit. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I got a lot of stuff still to add uh, in terms of designs that that are done, and I've already sort of sold some before I had the website up and whatnot. Um, got some other, you know, a ton of designs that have. WIP is their their file name with the species because that's a work in progress. You know, I've been spending hours on the weekends and then staying up late most nights, just earbuds in, cigar lit, just hammering away. And uh, it's been really good to help me get better with Photoshop and and that kind of stuff. And it's which translates over to me being able to do my job, my day job better. So all around, it it works out. It's good. So check it out, fullvisapparel.com. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. It's literally like two weeks old. So, shut my own. I'm going to have another discount code ready to go here soon. Awesome. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, man. It's good. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Joe. Bye. Bye.